0: Yo it's the most dope show, it's about that time to get live Take a break from your 8 to 5 Them other guys don't have the ability to rip it We kick it, three guys on Representing with the most killer spirit And we coming with the joke So you better grab a good pen and pad for your notes and forget them other folks cause we got the best quotes Randolph does more than just jokers He woke and he got the files Tell Andy Klein to turn up the dial I don't know where that boy Tim is now Raising a daughter, he hella proud Handy is straight up and Randolph ain't and hip hop racist. When Tim Miller hit, that got funniest shit. The sock puppets always be there to assist. Too many to name, but they all of this shit. I guess I could try. Love me some Frankie French. Milner and Mike B. Be lit. I cannot forget about BD and Chris. j JOHKM WITH them trump impressions. Riding Karen coming from the black guy who tips. That's a whole damn nation. So they always near. Pop pop bang bang. Getting green romaine Three guys on sock puppet nation. Gang gang. Gang gang. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Dominic? Puerto Rico, suave. I know you thought I forgot about you, but I ain't naked about you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Puerto Rico, uh,
1: Puerto Rico, suave. Hey, what's happening? It's Randolph Terrence.
2: I'm Andy Klein. I'm Mike B. And I'm Pete Bergen.
1: Hey, and we have three guys on, plus two. You guys already know Mike B, and that is Pete Bergen. For those who are coming in on Thursday, it's been a whole thing. Uh, the chat room is still here with us. Uh, we've had a conversation, we've just been running this, and we're gonna pick right back up into it. Let's go, yeah. fellas. Is a,
3: is a chat room confused right now? We're, we're we've
1: never yeah, done they it with us, they know what it is. <laughs> I,
0: I, I would like to jump in and ask about this teabag the tank. Um, comment. There we go. <laughs> well, we
3: got we got to we got to set up. Um, we just finished the Monday episode, so Hello. whatever chat we reference,
1: you good? You, good? Hello. you guys, good chat room? Okay, whatever that we reference, me,
3: from Monday. All of you freeloaders are going to have the Monday episode available for free this week. So if we reference something on Monday, you don't have to be lost. Yeah,
1: you're not going to get this much. So enjoy it.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And we've never had Pete Bergen on. So freeloaders, uh, Pete Bergen, first time, long time, first time.
2: Yep. Uh, DC
3: comedian, Pete Bergen.
2: Mike comes out of the gate with, I want to unpack that whole teabag to taint thing. And people who didn't (laughs) see Monday are like, what am I watching? (laughs) We were dovetailing a conversation, talking about ways to disrespect people. Is it a punch? Is it a slap? Is it a backhand? And then I I, I said, if you really want to disrespect somebody, you can teabag to taint them. And then... We
3: say goodbye. <laughs> that's a good place to end. Not a good place to start. Yeah. Two different I'm things.
1: Sorry. You know what? Teabag and a taint, that's some diabolical shit. I don't know about that
0: one. <laughs>
1: I don't know. That is some diabolical shit.
2: You get it though, right, Mike? Like you have the
0: visual? I, I, that's the problem. I got the visual. I just understand like at what point do you pull your pants? Like, when, when do we get How do we get there? How do, I, I, I never thought of it there. Like, I don't know if I'm diabolical. I need to go to diabolical university. I don't know if I'm there. Yet. Yeah. I don't.
2: I'm not going to sit here and say I've seen it done, but <laughs> you can imagine that would be the. <laughs> You're most not going to
1: say ever. you've not seen it done either, though, huh? <laughs> I'm going to say I haven't seen it done.
2: <laughs> but you can imagine that would that would suck the manhood right out of you.
1: Oh, that shit, hap- that shit happens in the military. We know what it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the
3: brat pledges, probably. I've been
1: around you motherfuckers. How many years I- did you do, Pete? Just three. You did the three? Mm-hmm. You don't want to stay in and try to uh,
2: try and do, uh, you know, no, I'm going to do ten. I actually, you know what, because, and I, I talked about this with Tim Miller on his uh, thing last week. Like, when you see someone like uh, Chris Allen, right? So Chris did his 20, right? Yeah. Um, and got out of the Air Force. But when you're 20, the idea of 20 years is literally your whole life, right? right. Now that it's gone, it's like, oh, that happened real quick, right? But back right. then, it's a tough sell. But I actually did re-enlist after my first enlistment. Um, um, and I got to, you get to choose a bonus. So you can either change your MOS, which is your job, or pick your duty station. Um, and I couldn't stay where I was because I had been arrested a couple times. So they wanted me to go. Um, <laughs> But they um, the, when I got reassigned, this is at the time yeah. they were doing a lot of the drawdown. They
1: couldn't honor with paint. That's why you got a resume. Yeah, that's what it was. Too much uh, <laughs> Yeah, tea it,
3: was, bag. it was a third-degree teabag offense. <laughs>
1: it was
4: a second offense. <laughs>
1: Teabagging <and> civilians.
3: <laughs> the military put you on a mule and said, y'all, and just sent you out of town. <laughs> Where do
2: so they want so to send I you to? to Fort Meade, and when I got to Fort Meade, they were doing drawdowns, and I, I couldn't stay there. So, like, well, you can go to Kentucky or Washington, which oh. is Fort Campbell or Fort Lewis. And I was like... No. Um, and they're like, or we can let you out for not being able to honor your reenlistment contract. So I was like, I'll just do that. And then I'll go to college. And then I wound up bartending and going to rehab. So there, it was, it's, it's a windy route that I'm on. Uh, uh, Peter Heggs uh, wants
1: to know what's a drawdown. Tell them what a the drawdown
2: is. Drawdown is uh, back in the early nineties, they were cutting troops, which means uh, um, they were reducing the number of troops. So um, certain people like officers were getting actual buyouts. Like you would get cash bonuses to, Leave mm-hmm. your commitment early. Um, so with the drawdowns, I could have gone as a mechanic. I could have gone to either a medic unit or an MP unit at Fort Meade, but both those units were being transferred because of the drawdowns um, or being deactivated at that post. So, um, yeah, I was a my that was a, a casualty of my reenlistment. So, but so what was
3: your wait? What was at? your duty station that you wanted to stay at?
2: Panama, i Panama. shoot. Yeah, I loved it down there too much. You don't uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> has, has the, arrestments.
1: <laughs> the arrests, the yeah. arrests, and the teabag. You know and...
2: <laughs> the first year, I was a great soldier. I did like these mock promotion boards and won a lot of stuff on behalf of the unit. Um, so even when I started getting into trouble, they were just like, "Ah, oh, he's been good. He's been good. He's been good." Like they 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 tried. They yeah. I probably should have gotten in more trouble than I did. But then they're like, "You should you should go." Uh, <laughs> no. just just stupid stuff they gave just you a little drunk. mush
3: just yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. you should just <laughs> <go>. <laughs> mm. a co comes in and gives you what of need that <laughs> your though. ass
0: will do right <laughs> you, you, you didn't want to go to kentucky man stay away from kentucky i i, I wouldn't No, because
2: that's all 101st airborne air assault
0: yeah yeah you Tank were in kentucky yeah, I went to basic training in Kentucky, and they have two hills, one called heartache, and another one is called heartbreak. And uh, I walked up both of them um, in the hot summer heat of Kentucky. They I'm didn't never... have taint hill? Huh? I, they no, didn't they didn't have taint hill. hill. I, I tried to avoid that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did you walk up with, like, a 50-pound pack on or something, or did you just
0: – Oh, a rucksack? Yeah, that was part of our um, – call it called, um, Pete? The FTX? The final part of basic training?
2: The final part? Yes. Yeah, oh, close. you're talking about like a 15-mile road march? Yeah, yeah, the they call it FTX, Ooh. right? Yeah, something like that. I forget. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. FTX. That's is it you, Fort Knox? Yeah, Fort
0: Knox. I went to Fort Knox, Kentucky, and um, so part of the uh, the final evaluation is you have to walk up. You have to do like a ruck march, and part of it is heartache and heartbreak. And I end up catching a splinter halfway through heart heartbreak. Um, in your foot? Yeah, in the foot, like right at the heel, because uh, my um, boots was rubbing up against the, uh, uh, my heel. Whatever, this it developed this like blister. And that shit sucked because if you stop and quit, then you gotta do it all over again. And mm-hmm. um, I was close to graduation. My mama had already bought the the Greyhound ticket, and that is a hard sell. Like, hey, mom, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I
0: got a splinter. I just mom. couldn't do it.
4: <laughs> I, I got a splinter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I went to I went to Fort Dix, and they when we did our duty uh, uh, duty station, and people like knew about like this. It was like an urban legend. So you're surprised, but one person got caught. When you get halfway out, they have you unpack your rucksack. And if you tried to like shortchange the rucksack by stuffing it with lighter stuff, or did not putting all your stuff—if all your stuff wasn't in there—you had to go back and get it, and then catch up. Yeah. Uh, oh. And they would just at the halfway point. And sure. Enough, weigh
3: your bags like you're getting on an airplane. Then, like, to make sure.
2: <laughs> so, like,
0: we had to. Um, we we had to. Um, when I went, we had to put everything in our rucksack, um, lock it up. And um, it couldn't be taken out. <laughs> you know, a good day way day.
3: to avoid that blister then is just take your shoes off. See, like that girl you yeah. were talking about on
1: Monday
0: could have just yeah. had her sh- – she won- didn't had no want a blister. Track.
1: What do you think I, you guys were weighing then?
0: Uh, I was 140. Woo. <laughs>
1: that's, lighter was 140. Than, that's lighter than the weight I fought at. Damn, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to run track in high school, so I was very light. Like, I used to run yeah, long- woo. 140. Yeah, what was you weighing p i got 210 215 210 yeah you were solid
1: just solid yeah <laughs> 215 man man mike <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah i fell off hey yeah
1: kid. i was skinny like that <laughs>
3: <laughs> but that was i mean the benefit of walking up heartbreak hill is uh you get to weigh 140
0: yeah. it don't matter yeah, yeah But then I the weight that I am yeah. actually what I want.
1: My in, brother's now clowning you in the uh <laughs> in the chat room. He fought it he fought at one forty five. I fought at one forty seven, he fought at one forty five. Yeah,
3: Mike. <laughs> well, but what is that like, hold on, what's the height? Mike, how tall are you?
0: Um uh you want my real height or the one I tell my wife that the- I feel like I'm shorter than her?
3: Both. I actually <laughs> want to hear
0: both. Um, I'm five nine and a half. Okay uh, I tell my wife yeah. I'm five eleven.
1: Yeah, you're about <laughs> to say you're about the same height as my brother. What, <laughs> how tall is your
0: wife though? Um, she's five eleven five. Yeah, she's five ten. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you want
3: when you tell your wife you're five eleven, it's because you want to you want to pretend you're as tall as her.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no. This is at least about the same height. Okay. Well, you're not, Mike. So I'm, just I'm not, not at all.
1: Be a man <laughs> and just take take that, take that mush and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from above. The mush from above. 4'11 Pete. Man, tiny. Yeah, tiny.
2: Yeah. And I still lie about my height. I tell people I'm I, I say I'm 6'3, <laughs> and I'm really just short of six two.
1: Yeah. Uh, We're about yeah, because I'm six two and we are almost the exact same yeah. height. Yeah. See, it's
0: not just Donald Trump doing this, guys. <laughs> does it. Yeah. I'd be that's why I wear joyce. So I wear joyce to give me a little extra uh oh, the like, heel don't him. work. And my dad does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, wear, I extra wear extra socks. Play. That's why I wear extra socks. <laughs> six three two forty sounds like something you would see like in an NFL program. Six, two, You're supposed two 40.
4: to.
1: Yeah.
2: Right, right. <laughs> so 6'2", two, two is like, oh, he's fat. But six three, two 40, they're like, oh, he, he probably played a sport. Yeah, 6'2",
1: right. yeah. Yeah, six,
4: six,
1: 240, two, six, two, two, six, two, two that's like, that's, well, that's strong safety size in college. Mm,
2: that's a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, that's line, more <laughs> yeah. linebacker. Yeah, you, you, you have to assume there's some speed that is definitely not there.
1: <laughs> oh, there's uh, definitely gonna be speed, there. That's why they're out on that field and not yeah. just eating or wrestling. Because you don't, you know.
2: <laughs> watch watch an NFL game from really like if you ever have a chance to see like an NFL game from the sidelines. How fast somebody who's 260, 70, 80 pounds moves? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be dead. If one of those college two hundred and fifty pound kids got a running start and hit me, I'd be dead. Like there's so yeah, bad. yeah.
3: yeah I've, I've never so- I've never seen like a like a professional track meet like a Usain Bolt situation. Oh, I was it's a kid say- <laughs> we went to a baseball game, it was I think Orioles versus Yankees and Ricky Henderson was playing for the Yankees. I think it was Yankees, and he stole third. I had never seen anything like that. I was never seen anyone move that fast. I mean, I was a kid, but still It was unreal how fast he was, and he he was just a fast guy for baseball. Like he wasn't like a world class sprinter. I don't know what his forty time ever was. But I imagine it'd be the same thing if you saw like Usain Bolt live. It wouldn't even process
2: that that's a right. real thing people can do. But as a kid, you're like, ah, I want some presidential phys- physical fitness tests. You know, <laughs> every I know right. year,
1: every year, baby, every year. <laughs> 90. ninety percentile every year until they stop doing it.
2: <laughs> What's your six hundred yard time? You know, like yeah, yeah. arbitrary differences. Your,
1: your shuttle run time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, broad jump, shuttle run, six hundred sit ups uh pull-ups that's the one all I, I always got everything except pull-ups i couldn't do pull-ups at the number that you needed to get presidential so i got the little the b team badge it was called like the whatever it was it was like you did all right badge. you got
0: the, the, the vice president badge
3: <laughs> the vice president badge <laughs> I, I got the speaker of the 90, house award
0: i always
1: scored the 90 percentile always in the 90s i always got the star on my little they give you a little certificate with a star in the corner yeah, yeah.
3: i mean there were people with like Jackets that had all the patches down the arm. Like, look at this. I can run sometimes. Yeah, those
1: people are called. Dorks. <laughs> You're what?
4: Did dorks? you have the
1: patches? You kept the patches. <laughs> we never got patches. We just got a certificate.
2: Oh, we the worst have thing about kids with with patches was there was their parents at parties talking about them.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. 50 yeah, yard touch- dash,
3: 600 yard dash, shuttle run, sit ups, maybe push ups. I don't know if push ups were in it. Girls had flexed arm hang, Flex boys arm had pull ups. Flex um,
0: what's flexed arm hang? You Flex
1: just hold hang. your chin above the bar. You lock on and you just yeah. hold up yeah.
3: for yeah. you got as long st- as you can. Yeah, you got to stay for a certain amount of time to hit presidential right. levels.
1: As long as, as long as you can.
2: Like yeah. they don't do that anymore. Is it? Is it? Do I don't think contest?
1: they. Do any of you have kids who are doing that? My kid hasn't done
0: it.
2: No, yeah, so like,
1: I don't think cool they do enough. that. I think it's they probably stopped. something. It's probably something about people walking around with patches make the other kids feel bad or some shit like that. I yeah. I can see that. Those kids, kids, are kids are still fat, fat though. <laughs> yeah, they're they're much fat. They don't do PE every day, so they don't know that they don't know the joy of getting hit with that red ball upside the head or.
3: Oh, the dodgeball!
1: We're playing crab soccer with that big ass earthball. Remember the earthball, the big fucking ball? You hit yeah, play crab soccer.
2: <laughs> <All right>. Crab <laughs> soccer. Oh my god! Remember that one?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I used to soccer. hate PE. I used to hate PE, but, um, cause we only had basketball for like one week. It was just like one week of basketball.
3: Yeah, we didn't do much um, basketball either. We we didn't. They didn't fuck with basketball. That was my favorite part of PE was basketball. Yeah. Right. We did crab soccer. We had the, in elementary school, we had the big parachute.
1: Yeah, so it was chat you room. Know. And mama said the parachute. I don't remember doing anything with the parachute. Well, the parachute was, was, was like, lit. The parachute. You just like put it up. No, you, you
3: all get around it. You all go up and you make it go up and down. And then you put air under it. You bring it, you sit inside the parachute and it just forms a dome over you that stays the parachute
0: was lit. inflated
3: for a while. And then it starts to deflate. So you're all sitting inside this parachute because you all were able to. It's giant. It's like big enough for like 20 kids inside.
0: Yeah, that's that's that Friday activity. That's that Friday activity after uh, a long week (laughs) of uh, parachute practice. Yeah. To (laughs) to get to do parachute ball.
2: I remember they made us like. Was it going to be, go ahead. The game that was fundamentally flawed in concept and in name, Smear the Queer. Yeah, like right. that. Okay. It's so inappropriately really named, but also the, the concept of the game is one person gets the ball and thirty Everybody people try to him. tackle him. Right. Yeah, Everybody if you're not tackles. the fastest person in the school, you're going to get caught and go down. But the yeah. name of it is like, and teachers knew about it. They're like, oh, they're over there playing this game. It's like, as you're like, how'd you let that happen? Like, yeah, yeah.
1: You- <laughs> yeah it was insane. It was an insanity game. Yeah, we, we, knew, as we as knew
3: smear the queer before we knew what a queer was.
1: Exactly. You know, like, we didn't even, <laughs> exactly. that word. Call a hate crime, the game. <laughs> exactly right.
3: <laughs> smear the queer and then teabag is taint.
0: Why do we keep going back to this teabag?
3: I thought it was a theme. Oh, my bad. I was going to title this podcast. The title
2: of this episode, Teabag the Taint. <laughs> teabag to Taint. That is amazing.
3: Yes, <laughs> Smear the Queer. I don't know if we played that in school. We played. played we did that. a lot of backyard football, just me and my friends. We played Smear the Queer uh, there. Yeah. In addition to other games, 500 was a big one. I think there were different rules depending on what neighborhood the
2: you're from. remember you throw it and then like eight people try to catch it and they're elbowing each other.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, there was different rules depending on – it's just like in basketball, 21 has different rules from different neighborhoods. You go back to 11 in some places. You go back to 13 in some places. Yeah. Some places you play taps. Some you don't. Some places it's twos and threes. Other places it's just twos. Some places yeah, all ones. And um, yeah, I
0: never... Um, I didn't play
3: 21...
0: I didn't play 33 until I came up to DC. Because 21 was like the standard. Yeah,
3: all. I never did 33. Maybe once or twice. And then some of them was... Uh, the th- free throw was an actual free throw. And other, a lot of people did the free throw was a three-pointer Well, 21. Damn right. um, and, but anyway, 500, I think, had similar things where, like, it turns out a lot of people had different rules. You catch the ball in the air, it's 100 points. If you catch it on one right. bounce, it's 75. Two bounces, it's 50. Uh, other people never had the bounce rule. We always had the bounce rule. Other people, it was just you catch it in the air, you get zero points. You know.
1: Did you guys play wall ball? With no. Wall ball. You just throw a tennis ball off the wall. Like it's a group of kids. (laughs)
3: That's
1: racquetball. You throw throw a tennis ball off the wall, right? Mm -hmm. If if the ball comes to you and you drop it, Mm -hmm. another kid, you have to then sprint to the wall and touch the wall. Another kid can pick the tennis ball up and drill you with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's the game.
3: (laughs) 21 had a similar thing where if you had zero points... You would have to stand against the pole and they would chuck the ball at you, the basketball right. at you. Uh, we only play that like once or twice. Right,
1: right. Here's here's where a wall ball got fucked up is when you played with multiple balls. Oh. oh
4: okay? you so got if you play
1: with two or three balls, right, and you drop your ball and you take off towards that wall, the other two dudes still have their balls. They get to drill you too. Okay. But if you make it to the wall in time and touch the wall, then you're fine.
0: But okay. me, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when you first described wall ball, I thought it was like an a, a, a only child game when you ain't got no friends. Yeah. I thought you were talking, brother's about talking about the
1: American me. Wall ball is different in prison. That's the one where you, you just, it's like racquetball with your hand, basically. <laughs> Okay. You just yeah. Play racquetball with your hand, basically. They did play that a lot in New York too.
3: Handball. I mean, it's not that what handball? Yeah, handball.
1: handball is? And then they play with a little, like a kind of like a bigger ping pong paddle. They play yeah. with that too. Squash is that what is yeah. squash?
3: Something like I think that.
1: They kind of call it that. You know, it's it's all just hit the ball off the wall and yeah, <laughs> whoever yeah. missed, you miss you 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 get a point.
3: Which is all fine until you get to that punishment phase. <laughs> 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 That's, I mean again 21 had that too you got to stand against a standing at the pole and everyone just and people just chuck the ball at you right uh
4: what?
3: like why are you punishing me i this is bad enough that i have zero right. <laughs> i scored zero points i feel bad already i don't need to feel why are you bullying me now
1: like i already lost yeah we used to play them funky them funky ass games uh Red Rover, where you clothesline people? Yeah, that was one. Yeah, uh, the big, the big steel uh, that every every comic has done jokes about now. The big steel slide that gets hot as shit in the summer, <laughs> and they yes. put kid, you put kids on that shit. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the, the the swing set that was on cement. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the jungle gym <laughs> on cement. <laughs> you know, everything was just on cement.
0: Yeah. You know that um we used to play bump on the on the um that hot ass sliding board. Everybody go over to the slide, and then like one person slide down, and then the next person would slide down. And the whole object is to knock somebody off the slide. Oh, knock
1: somebody off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we played that. <laughs> we played. We played that one. We played, yeah. we had high high motherfucking things too, like two story slides. With nothing around them. If you fucking fell, that was your ass, man. Yeah, it was like, it was
0: this much of dirt.
1: Just yeah. Dirt. Just, yeah,
2: just,
3: just a little layer of mulch on the ground.
2: No, yeah. more. Just, uh, Gary, Gary, bit Gary of Goldman does a joke and he talks about uh, um, when you're in PE class, climbing the rope way Oh, up, the rope. All they have, all they have to, after you slide down and burn your hands up on that rope is a blue mat. The blue that mat. Feels like That's this the blue thick.
0: blue mat. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I think that adds an element of you want to succeed because if you don't, know you don't succeed. You are going to like break an ankle or <laughs> get a concussion. Yeah.
1: <laughs> did you a guys have the? Uh, did you guys have the? We had a climbing net. Did you guys have that one? I think From we the ceiling. You could climb a. I don't know what why yeah. a net. I don't know why.
3: I don't think we had a net. We had. Um, no, we did have a net. I think we one school had a net. We had pegboards. Remember that shit?
1: We had oh, that in like high Christian school. Quest. That was yeah. high school. Yeah, vision quest. That was more. That was high school. That was, that was high
3: school. That was, yeah, that was that was tough.
1: Yeah.
2: Where did you go to? What school? Did you go to school around here, Randolph? Where did you grow
1: up? No, San Antonio. I went to, well, oh, okay. my early school was in 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 uh, Germany, on military base in Germany, from uh, five to ten. So all of my early elementary school was there. So we had the standard elementary school shit. Like, we had, like, a big stuffed foam fucking thing that people would jump on, you know? Right. You know, uh, standard shit, you know, like... They would give us things to do like de, uh, bitte. kind of do do uh, Deutsch sprechen bitte bitte not nearly as much as I used to be able to do he just asked me can I speak you speak german not as not as much as I used to be able to it kind of went like my brother could speak french gone <laughs> you know <laughs> and then the german i can still count i 3 4 5 6 even 8 9 i can still count almost all the way to 100 you know that that stayed with me and i know colors and stuff like that Because we had to take German in school, Uh, the theory being that they catch us when we're young, so we'll learn German. Yeah, you know, and for the most part, it worked. By (laughs) the way,
3: look at the screen. I'm I'm going to share. This is what the presidential patch looked like. (laughs) Eight (laughs) bucks on Etsy if you want to buy someone's old patch. That's the
2: number. The number that was like showed how many you had won, right? Like if it was your third one, you got a three on there.
0: I think it. Yeah, maybe that's. Yeah, we didn't get
1: that. that. We got certificates.
0: Yeah, we got certificate. I got certificates from um, George H. W. Bush. I think that was the president.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is. People are selling these on Etsy now. This is the uh, I guess the second kind of place up. award, the National Physical Fitness now, Award. This when, is, is
1: this when Arnold jumped into it and tried to try to push it forward again? Because Arnold had did a thing where he was really trying to push it. Yeah, he like under it.
3: George W. Bush, I think right. they revamped it, and then they eventually just got rid of it.
1: That must be why they had patches then
3: yeah when I was a kid, people got patches and it was like a even if you didn't have it on your jacket people would if you went to someone's house they would have them like displayed in their room like their sports trophies you know yeah yeah
4: yeah that
1: was There's actually a the good there. idea to have your pop, your population be some kind of in shape <laughs> to try to instill Maybe. those ideas from childhood that was a, it, that was not a bad idea it's it shamed now, but,
3: the uh the yeah. the fat kids i think is what it was
1: yeah now it's not only about your system
3: by the <laughs> way Dude, look, if you look want
2: at
1: tanya i always epically failed those pe tests there was always one <laughs> <kid>.
3: <laughs> if you want um the patch on ebay you can get get the patch and two two patches and a certificate for 25 dollars yeah.
1: yeah i had a <laughs> shit ton of those certificates i never had any of the patches though. whose signature is that and who, oh.
2: is it is it a certificate for a specific person to put in your name
1: no, we didn't, they would,
2: uh, They, you know what? I don't even think they put your name on they
1: just,
3: No, this they one just, has a name, and it's signed by Nixon.
1: Oh, that's some new shit. Nixon? Yeah. <laughs> that's what? how old that
3: shit is. Uh, signed by Richard Nixon. Uh, Kanata Krivank, uh, presented to Kanata Krivank, or Renata, sorry.
1: It must be Renata.
3: In recognition of I was about outstanding to say. physical achievement I was about and Well, I don't think
1: black kids were allowed to take part of those those things back then.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Richard Nixon signed this. Uh, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if it has it a year on more it, but... it. It
2: should be. And then there's more than two
3: patches. Know. Also. This is from... I,
2: just, I remember those. Yeah, the one and the two. Like every time you got one, it was that was the next number. Yeah. Did you you yeah. grew, did you go to Loudon County Public Schools? Andy. I
3: went, yeah, I went to, and I graduated from Loudoun County high school actually. Yeah. Um, was the
1: clan there when you were there?
3: No, we, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast though, the the team name, the mascot is the Raiders. All right. And the school was built in like the mid fifties and the original name, it was always the Raiders, but it was based off of Mosby's Raiders, which is like John Mosby was like a Confederate guy who's who would raid shit with his raiders, so the mascot was a guy on a horse with a flag, and the flag was the Confederate flag.
1: Right, not raping?
3: Uh, not no, no raping, raping in the mascot. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> the mascot was, was not raping. Blind. He was just raiding. And, uh, it was. I mean, the school colors are blue and gold, so it was a Confederate flag, but it wasn't like you know the, the colors, but it was a Confederate flag. And sometime in the seventies, the story was that. It was a kid, a black kid, who got kicked off the basketball team for some bullshit reason. I think his father or grandfather was like, fuck this racist shit. And then he came to the school with an axe. There's a big sign out front with the logo on it. And he just took the axe to the Confederate flag (laughs) and chopped it off. And then after that, they redid the logo. It just changed the flag to some nondescript symbol. Uh, But it's still the Raiders. So... To this day, maybe they'll change it, but to this day, it's still the Raiders.
1: I'm looking at something that just popped up. It's a, uh, it pertains to us, and, and everybody will know why in a second. TikTok Trump impersonator becomes Hollywood commodity. It's been insane.
3: Oh, Sarah Cooper.
1: Sarah Cooper. They call her. They're calling her, is currently the most famous presidential impersonator. She is. I guess, <laughs> except she doesn't really impersonate. Nope.
3: No, she lip
2: syncs.
1: that's not what she does. She's a
3: lip sync, uh, but that's, that's a new thing. Uh, people on TikTok do lip syncing, they do stand up comedy routines lip synced. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole genre of that. Mm. She only found out about that because like, of some niece or something was on TikTok. She was like, oh, okay, let me try that.
1: Well, she just signed a deal with WME. Yeah. Mm. And in the meantime, she's been a stand up for a while. Here's how it relates to us. Uh, podcast alum and good friend of ours, JL Kovan, has the best Trump impression, hands down, going away. Yeah. uh,
3: Yeah. Well, Trump hasn't, uh, JL hasn't signed a deal, but he is, he's on Cameo. He's making money on Cameo. He's, yeah. She gets 3 million hits. He gets 100,000 hits, you know, so she's a much bigger, yeah, name in that whatever world you want to call it. Um, Uh, Although JL does have a lot of verified Twitter accounts with six-figure followers retweeting him
1: and daily, and, yeah. and
3: so it's you know so I think it's a matter of time for him. Hopefully, he's cashing in as much as he can right now. I think and he put out an album and he's got new content and he's on Cameo. I think he's charging a hundred dollars per Cameo and he's on a bunch. Uh, nice. So hopefully, he can ride that. Um, she's got something that he doesn't have, which is she's a cute girl.
1: Yeah. But JL has a lot that she doesn't have. JL, actually, you can have him you can just say hey what, what do you think trump thinks of this and jail will you'd be like that's exactly what that motherfucker thinks
3: and like a week later trump says it like you says know,
1: it
4: yeah,
3: yeah jail is <laughs> has this uncanny thing of thing. saying the thing that trump exaggerating it only a little bit and so when trump does exaggerate yeah, that's exactly what that
1: motherfucker thinks yeah says JL has that.
2: Think, yeah do you think it's for and not to diminish uh what sarah cooper's doing i mean good for her but It was just a case that she did it first. I think she does it well. She has, like, good character, good expression. And I think the sort of, like, obviously, like, cell phone kind of choppy, obviously at-home quarantine-type editing that she's doing with it, I think it all works in her favor. But do you think if somebody else did it first, they would be blowing up as much?
1: I don't think it. It doesn't hurt that she's cute. <laughs> well jl blew
3: up it doesn't bef- hurt. he went viral before her he went viral he had a one his first viral one got six million hits
2: sitting on his um, front step was it him sitting on his steps out front i think i saw that one
3: no it was in his room but it was he one about wrote, easter it was about he
1: just ripped it off right quick just break get something to eat and it went and it just blew yeah, up
3: he was gonna bring back easter he was gonna bring back mm-hmm. the economy for easter and and uh god only brought back one person and he's bringing back everybody so
0: <laughs> yeah. i think um that I went think viral also- Oh, I'm sorry. I think also what um, what helped out Sarah is the fact that she did it on TikTok, and TikTok is one of the most famous apps, right? Well, one of the biggest yeah. apps right now during the, right. the uh, this pandemic. Yeah, and, I, I saw her on the Louis O'Donnell show because of the TikTok.
3: Yeah, and well, she's also it's not just her lip syncing. Like she she puts little jokes yeah, in the background. Like she's in front of a little whiteboard, and she's like the word hydroxychloroquine is written down. You can't even tell. You have to pause it. <laughs> the one she did yesterday was the Sean Hannity interviewing Trump. But when you look at yeah. the notes she's taking as Sean Hannity, there's funny shit in there too. So she's growing into more than just someone in their kitchen lip syncing Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got you know some talent. She's got a basically comedic instinct. She's a comic. She's done stand up for a long time. So you know more power to her. But hopefully JL will get his recognition because if you want an accurate Trump impression. You know, you're not going to get it from her. You're going to get it from JL. He needs to get right. on TikTok. Maybe, right. Yeah, I don't know if he's on TikTok, actually. Yeah. He, At this done.
1: point, I don't know if he should do TikTok.
3: I think, you sh- I think you need to go where people are. That's why you go yeah, on the road for a gig. You go to where people are. And right now, if people are on TikTok, you got to go to there.
4: Yeah. Well, you
2: guys have said this guy at Draft House, a, a friend of mine who I uh, know from the improv world, and he had that show, The President Show. Anthony Antamanic. Uh, Anthony Antamanic. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Anthony's Trump is pretty good, too. and they, he he had not had that good whole
1: It's not as good as J.L. No, no,
2: no, no, it's not as good. But he had that whole beef with Alec Baldwin because when they got, like, a lot of the, the improv people, they're like former UCB people who are on SNL. They wanted right. Anthony to get that spot, but they gave it to Alec Baldwin, and Alec Baldwin... Kind of like he poo pooed Anthony's like oh a guy I used to work with on Thirty Rock because Anthony did a few episodes of Thirty Rock. Uh, uh, he referred to him as some guy on Twitter thinks I stole his impersonation. I'm like, <laughs> off, you're not stealing an impersonation. Like it's out there. It's just you know whatever. But uh, um, JLS is because JLS is very often uh, uh, maybe these days it's a little bit more scripted. But it seems like you could just it's not the shoulder and just it's not, go. It's
1: not just, scripted. You know, he just he just. Yeah. You give him the topic, he just starts talking. That's the thing. He just starts kind of talking and next thing you know, <laughs> he's saying some insane shit. When he did Stern and Stern was just asking him questions, he was just saying insane shit. It's like, of course he would say this.
4: Yeah.
3: And he's done Stern a couple times now. I think it's going to be maybe a slower build for him. Um, the thing about it is if Trump loses and becomes irrelevant, then the impression kind of goes away. And JL will hopefully be able to just have built a fan base for his stand-up because ultimately he's not even an impressionist that much on stage. He used to be when he started. Uh, He does his regular stand-up. Sarah Cooper is someone that you can tell looks good on camera. And so she'll be cast in something, not as Trump, but people just think here's a talented comedic actress who knows how to, you know, use facial expressions and all these things to be funny. So, you know, she'll get opportunities outside of Trump for sure. Hopefully JL's fan base will follow him after Trump, after he gets sick of doing it or Trump is just gone and we get sick of hearing about him, you know?
1: I don't what think, Trump
0: think? Going Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I don't think Trump's going anywhere. E- even after he loses, I think he's still going to be somewhere in Russia um, cause a calamity. So JL has plenty of opportunity to uh, <laughs> That's true. still make money.
4: <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I
0: feel
3: like I it, there has to be a trapdoor Under the desk in the Oval Office. Mm -hmm. So if he decides not to leave, someone just pulls the trap door, (laughs) and he just (laughs) and he just slides out into like you know Rock Creek or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only way to get rid of it. There's got to be some kind of way to just transport someone out of the White House when he decides not to leave, which is going to happen.
1: Oh yeah, he's not. I keep saying that people don't believe it. Pete, what did you what did you think of UCB going tits up?
2: Um. I don't like the, the reason they gave for it. They were, I don't know. I think they were just over it. They didn't need it anymore. The four founding members of Upright Citizens Brigade, three of them are, well, obviously Amy Poehler is the big one out of the four, but Matt Walsh is in a ton of things. Um, Ian Roberts is in a lot of stuff, even though people don't know who he is. And Matt Besser and his wife do a lot. Um, they're all in LA now. Um, all those, all four of those live in LA. And uh, it was... I think they just threw their hands up because it, they, they were just getting it from all sides. Like, uh, obviously renting space in New York is hard, but uh, um, the whole improv community, I mean, Improv Olympic is gone now. Um, every, almost every improv theater and every theater is caught up in some sort of either issue regarding a lack of diversity or sexual harassment. So I just don't think the juice was worth the squeeze for them at this point, but they cited some other, some other reason. So, I don't know what it was, but
1: uh, uh. Well, they all had a they, Mike, what are you doing?
3: <laughs> he just had me mute him, and um, okay, he couldn't, you know, Mike, be for the for somebody's, future in reference. A, somebody's
1: in the room with him right now. He's probably getting one of these yeah. right now. He just yeah. covered his,
3: I could take him off screen He's for future reference. If you can go to the chat and choose to just send a message to me only, yeah, where it says to everyone, you can just say to and just choose me, and then. The whole chat doesn't have to know that you want me to mute you. He's
1: getting one of these.
3: You can also <laughs> mute yourself. Then uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's he's getting a mush right now.
1: <laughs> well, we'll know if it's a mush when he comes back. Yeah. Uh There
3: he is. I'm gonna Do un- so you want me to unmute you? All right. I'm gonna. Here you comes the unmute.
4: <laughs> it always Almost takes a, a second.
3: At- when you click unmute, it takes a second.
1: Nice. No, he has to. He's muted on his. Oh, you got to unmute your on own. Your yeah. End. yeah, you're, you're muted, muted on, on your end. end.
0: So, can you unmute on your end? My wife is talking to me. I'm sorry. Oh, we
4: know. We
0: <laughs> no, <not me> know. <laughs> so my hands go up and surrender.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we know.
0: <laughs> Say hi, babe. Hi,
1: babe. Hey, how are you, honey? Hey, everybody. hey <laughs> don't look at me. I look like a. It's all right. You better than Mike. I know that much. <laughs> you look taller than Mike.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a definite.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, that's good.
1: Oh, so He's, a, He's looking at her. See he him looking up? Raphael yeah. said Mike's her. wife found out the truth about his height.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what a. <laughs> I've always my, Mike B like has
3: that that uh there's a woman in the man cave tense look on his face.
1: Yeah, like, oh like, no.
0: Is I thought is I everything locked everything the door? Put up?
1: Is everything put up?
0: She just did a she just did a uh, quality insurance um look around my uh, the man cave. Yeah. Uh, a welfare check. Yeah, she just thought it was screw out on I changed I wanted to filter I changed the filter out in the ceiling. And uh there's not enough drywall to put the uh, screw in. So I got it halfway in. I got to fix it, but okay. she don't want to hear none of that. I should have did it right the first time. Yeah. Well, it's you, know, it's,
3: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, maybe you guys can have a, a couple's podcast where you talk about <laughs> uh, all the different things going on in home. Cheap
0: Glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I'm working on the, YouTube, uh, I just started my YouTube channel back up. Hashtag okay. content. Um, me and my daughter going to do a show together um, as a way to build a bond. And,
3: okay. Uh, like a
0: live stream kind of deal? Or are you going to
3: post it? You're going to record it and post it later?
0: Record it and post it. It's more for my daughter. She's real creative, and she said mm-hmm. she wanted it to do it so she could get subscribers and become viral, whatever that means. So okay. I said i help her with it. So this is our project.
3: All right. Maybe she'll become a huge YouTube star and start making a ton of money, and you don't have to worry about anything anymore.
2: Yeah, right. hopefully. because um, couple, A couple of YouTube content creators just got had to get out, Jenna Marbles and uh, uh, JoJo Siwa. Yeah,
1: yeah, what was that about? Just Jenna Marbles Black took 100. herself
3: out. She... She has a channel. Okay. Jenna Marbles was one of the very early YouTube viral stars. She has 20 million subscribers currently on her main channel. She has several channels. She has multiple channels. I remember um, years ago, I remember KT was saying that she was popping up at comedy shows in LA because I think she wanted to, she had this comedic YouTube channel, but she wasn't a comedian and she was trying to maybe get into comedy, which I don't think ever worked for her. But she had this channel for years and she would do a little funny, she had a couple that went viral. I remember seeing, once I saw her latest thing, it was something about like makeup tips. It was like a funny Mm
4: -hmm.
3: makeup tip video and it was another, hey, how to look like a whore, you know, and she was like doing all these makeup (laughs) things. And and then she had other ones in her past that um, a little little problematic, but she took them down a long time ago. She made them private a long time ago because she knew they were she had a, a blackface one. Oh, God. First of all. <laughs> she did a Nicki Minaj thing, and she impersonated Nicki Minaj. And then she did, like, an Asian
1: Of course. she. I was one. just about to say, she did something Asian, too. Didn't she they?
3: did a little rap, yeah. and she did, like, a, a ching-chong something-something in the rap. And then, I think a long time ago, she knew those were problematic and took them down. Okay. But now, um, and those were all from, like, 2011, 2010, something like that. And then, so... Last week, she put up a video less than a week ago, kind of like an emotional, semi tearful thing about how, you know, I'm going to take my, uh, I'm going to walk away from my main YouTube channel, which is probably a huge source of income for her. Maybe she's made enough money at this point. And, you know, I'm going to, I feel bad about these things. She even pulled up her laptop and said, look, this video is still private. I don't, you can't see it, but here's what I did. Here's me doing the Nicki Minaj thing. I feel bad about it here's me doing the Asian thing. I feel bad about it on and on and on. And she said for a while or maybe forever, she's walking away from her channel. She has 20 million subscribers, one of the most popular YouTube channels. And, um, I think she's going to keep her other channels though.
2: Sounds like she fell on a sword. She didn't have to fall on. Like she seemed contrite. Like, I, I mean, was anybody coming for her?
3: No, I think she got caught up in the wave though. of people like, you know, 30 rock episodes got pulled, Cause they were like 30 rock had four blackface episodes. I'm like four, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's a,
1: that's a like, high number, <laughs> plural
3: episodes. And, and, uh, I think scrubs had a uh, multiple episodes where there was, oh, so. I didn't see the clips. I don't know the context, but there was that wave for like a couple days of like people taking down their own clips before they got dragged on it. Tina Fey said, let's take down the 30 rock clips. And this Jenna Marvel's girl. Uh, I think riding that wave just said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get out and clean front. on this and take these down. Her channel started when she was very young, and now she's a different person. She's like a a mature adult, you know. So, mm. yeah, I don't know that she, should, that she had to do that. I don't know if people would have come for her. I think she could have just made that video and just said, hey, this is what I went through, and this is who I am now. And I think people would have been fine with it if she continued to do what she does.
0: I think mm. it was smart. Because um, we'll do it now before somebody else finds out. And normally when people release these type of clips, they normally wait till you, you sound like, I don't know, like a million dollar deal or something. Or you about to win a grand or host, you know, the okay. BET Awards or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's,
2: it's going to be Jenna Marbles that. and Jenny Slate hosting the BET yeah. Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, just so- well, now,
1: Jenny Slate was just, I say was just, but but that's been years now. She was doing that doing that little black girl's voice. And it's funny because when you were back then, if you said anything about like this casting, these motherfuckers would get like indignant, like all the way back to the original thing with Apu, the guy who does the uh, Cleveland, uh, yeah. Jenny Slate, anybody white who was do who's acting like somebody of another race uh-huh. would get indignant about it like how dare you and i'm just an actor and and this is thing and blah, blah 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 blah
3: kristen bell also
1: yeah now all of a sudden everybody's like well i, I now see the error of my ways that like, the guy's been doing cleveland for 20 years <laughs> you know I'm like well now you see the problem okay. cleveland- everybody the thinks the problem? you have to
2: be mickey rooney and breakfast at tiffany's to be being offensive i guess right
1: right the the point is how is it that the industry can't seem to hire people to fill these roles that's the point of
3: this. yeah that's the thing like some of these things aren't like uh stereotypically offensive it's just someone doing a voice the character is not shucking and right. jiving you know it's not like right. a black face literally but it is a thing where it is an opportunity that you could have given to someone
1: you should have given that opportunity to somebody why didn't you do that
3: and then when, what happens later is down the road when someone's looking for a, a black person to play a, a animated character all the black people who would be up for that role don't have a good resume built up because they didn't get the early opportunities.
4: Right. So they get into
3: the Bill Simmons situation, which was like a week ago about black hosts on his podcast network. And he was like, we don't have any experienced hosts. It's not open mic night. It's like, well, you got to give them the opportunities early. So their resume builds. Right. And then they can have a resume that competes with, the right. white guy's resumes that you have on who have years of experience doing this. But you
4: know
1: what? Fuck him. He gave his daughter a podcast. Right. Like, there was, was that not your daughter had a lot of experience one time she gave her a podcast? No, she probably didn't. Not. You just gave it to her. So shut the fuck up.
2: Yeah. You're, not <laughs> okay, telling,
1: you're not telling the truth.
2: I think this is why, and it probably brings us back to our little exchange yesterday. This is why I never had an opportunity to be an S1W.
1: There you go. <laughs> there you go. The I mean, you,
4: I mean, you hated Jews. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so.
2: I don't want to be Griff. I wanted to be an S1W.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, I find it. That's funny why you joined the military. All this is happening now. Yes. It's, right, it's exactly why. <laughs> I find it funny that all this is happening now and how long this is going to last, you know? And right. I don't right. even put it on, on like the Jenny Slates of the world. I'm like, well, who hired Jenny Slates? Well, Nick Kroll hired her. Right. Nick crow you know black people.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of these people <laughs> are... loving
1: you ...liberal people, black people realizing yeah. their
3: own blind spots.
1: So why didn't you, you hire know? some?
3: And <laughs> helping out their friends. It turns out, guess what? You don't have a lot of friends that you're helping out who are not white people.
1: <laughs> right. Isn't that weird? And,
3: and even if you're doing the right thing in terms of bringing your friends along because you had an opportunity, well, that's also a blind spot because you shouldn't always just help out your friends if you're excluding people who are talented and literally can't catch a break. The break that would give them the resume that Jenny slate now has and the 500,000 followers that she now has, she, you know, she's a lot of the building blocks to that are building blocks that people of color uh, are (laughs) left out of. And it starts with those lower level jobs that you, you build your way up, you know, and
1: like on the boondocks, let me see if I can find this actress
3: Kristen Bell was famous before she got her animated voice job, but how did she get famous first? Were other people not given roles that she was given along the way? And that's the thing. So she's got this experience as an actress and she's got fame, but the whole process from beginning to that point needs to be examined.
0: I I would like to circle back. Uh, So the Cleveland Brown show, Cleveland is a white guy.
3: Cleveland is a white guy.
0: I am stunned. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland
3: is a white guy uh, and then of course people on Twitter like you know the contrarians or the people sort of on the right and they're like well wait a minute Bart Simpson is voiced by a woman shouldn't there be a little boy on denying opportunities for little boys it's like, oh, that little
1: boy's voice is going to change right and then you're gonna to have to go get another little boy you're right going to go get another little boy and the voice is going to change
3: or you could do what the South Park guys do, which is pitch shift their voices higher to sound like kids.
1: So on um, on the boondocks, they have this woman. This is uh, Jill Talley.
3: Jill Talley from Mr. Show. Fame. She was
1: on Mr. Show. She does a lot of the white girl voices on the boondocks. Okay. <laughs> like, Her husband
3: um, uh, is a voice guy too.
1: One of a pimp named Slickback's girls, the white chick. He does. She does that voice. She does um, the cat Tom. She does his white wife's voice. The, the guy's married to the white woman, so she does voices. She does the white girl voices. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I saw her talk about it on um, on the DVD thing. She's like, yeah, I do this voice. I do that voice.
3: You know, Chill Tally is married to Tom Kenny, who is the voice of SpongeBob. Yeah. Also a, a Mr. Show uh, alum. Alum. Yeah. yeah. He's he's Yeah. He does a ton of voices. If you look at his resume, it's yeah. got a ton of shit. But uh, SpongeBob is his most famous at this point, I think.
1: Well, to, to me, it's just, it's equity. There's no equity in it. And you're yeah. you're purposely locking people out. Whether you're doing it uh, unconsciously or consciously, you're purposely locking people out. Right. You move in the same circles. You get the same people in. And then you say, but there's no one here that's qualified. Like, yeah. Well, there are. Even for Bill Simmons to say there's nobody who does podcasts, how many black podcasters do we know that can easily carry a
2: show? <laughs> uh-huh. right.
1: How many do we know? You right. know plenty.
2: I was watching um,
1: – You don't. I got,
2: <laughs> I got that master class. You see that in, like, your social media feeds, the master classes. Yeah. It's like yeah. lectures. And I was watching the Spike Lee one recently, and, and he was talking about casting. And he's always like – he says, look for new people. He, talk, he stresses the importance of, like, obviously having – your primary, your leads, like be killers and exactly what you're looking for. He's like, but like, everyone's like, oh, just get Denzel. It's like, yeah, I, I can get Denzel for everything if I could afford him for everything. But he goes, look for new people. Like he talks about Holly Berry, like uh, the, the problems he had casting her in Jungle Fever and that she, he gave her a note, she took the note and then wound up crushing it in Jungle Fever. That was like her first role.
4: Mm-hmm. He gave,
2: uh, um, what's his name, Makai Pfeiffer, showed up with a friend, his friend, his cousin was auditioning for Spike Lee and he saw Makai Pfeiffer in the waiting room. So why don't you come in and read and like gave him his first role. So he's talking about just the importance of like keeping your eyes open and giving out roles, uh, not playing it safe, like taking a chance on new people.
3: How mad is Makai Pfeiffer's cousin after that?
2: <laughs> he never addressed the, whether or not his cousin got the role or yeah. any role. Some guy movie. named
3: named Johnny Pfeiffer who's still <laughs> sending, <laughs> sending his resume out all over, and they're like, "Oh, why don't you get your cousin Makai to hook you up?" He's like, "I hooked him up.
2: <laughs> he's in the game eight God. years, and then like, he's hey man, can you give me ride right to this audition? I feel really <laughs> good about it. It's a Spike Lee movie. You can wait in the waiting room." okay
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah sure whatever i got nothing to do like you know what if makai
0: stayed home that day or did the- johnny end up coming an extra in the um in the movie that makai Pfeiffer got the lead in that he was in the waiting room for
3: <laughs> and then it gets cut out of it
2: like i had one scene in the chat they said that was an awkward ride home yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yep sure was do you believe they gave me the Pixar band job and makai Pfeiffer got the lead <laughs> Cousin Mackay, <laughs> I had one line. Pixie here, that was it. Did they <laughs> cut it out? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, did you so find free. that there was a lot of the, the girl? My daughter sent me a. She's she was supposed to be playing with some kids, doing that social distance playing they tried to do, and uh, they drew a, a big Black Lives Matter mural around a uh, manhole cover. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the manhole covers the center of the mural, and then they drew around it. Uh, so they were like, "We're going to send you a picture. Get us on the news!" <laughs> I was like, not quite how it works, <laughs> kids. Just pick up your phone. <laughs> Hello, news. I don't. Yeah, I don't really work for the news. <laughs> like, like that.
4: News. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's not sorry. what I do. Uh, but okay. Did you find that the the lack of diversity in uh, the UCB? I found it. I don't. I can't speak to the. uh to the improv world, but I would imagine that it's, it's like every other aspect of the world where it's, it's there, you know, the lack of diversity. Did you find it, it, it,
2: it, Um Here's something I run into as somebody who put on a pretty popular improv show once a month for 10 years is uh, I was late to the game on diversity, but I was made aware of it. And I was always like, what, if you're good, you'll get on stage. What, what's the problem? But it's, it's not like that It's because it's broader than that in a systemic way in that uh, if you're black and every time you go to a show, you don't see somebody that looks like you on stage, like what's your incentive to even take a class or go through the curriculum or take the time it takes to get good? Um, so, yeah, the, it, it, and where I teach occasionally is Washington Improv Theater, and they are very aware of it. They've you know I think they were early, early to it because these diversity meetings started about early, sorry relative to other improv theaters early, Uh, um, like five years ago. And they started giving out diversity scholarships because what they were seeing was a lot of black people would take a class or maybe two, but they wouldn't stay with it and see it all the way through. Mm -hmm. So were the teachers saying or doing something, you know, uh, um, in an unconscious way or whatever. So they've upped the training. Uh, um, I learned what microaggressions are, uh, things like that. So, yeah, I, I like to think I'm a pretty aware person, but I'm also old and kind of live in a bubble. So what, what a disease and sorry say. If you're the same person you were 10 years ago, you're a shitty person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everybody got a little bit better, but yeah. Then
3: Jesus is a shitty person. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's <laughs> a so Muhammad Ali phrase uh, saying, actually, I believe. It's Muhammad Ali or Bruce Lee. I think I it's knows. Muhammad Ali.
4: Oh. Um,
1: I, I've... Also, there's the, the there's the price out aspect of things like UCB and, and classes and stuff like that. There's the price out aspect of it is that you have to you have to spend large sums of money in order to take these classes. So I'm relatively sure that these white kids who are taking these classes got parents who are paying for them. We knew a lot of white kids whose parents was financing their comedy dream in New York, you know.
2: Mike That's Chase cool. had a joke. I'm not about that on Weekend Update uh, last season about all the battleground states are losing. He goes, "It's because you keep sending your kids to coastal cities to study improv, <laughs> 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 losing all those left-leaning voters because you're sending them to New York to study improv." Uh, yeah. yeah, so.
1: What has the improv world decided to do? Like you, you said that the whip, but it seems like it's been a slow process. It's like they fight. What always kills me is that they fight every set. They fight the obvious thing that's right in front of us. No, it's not that. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's 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 fucking obvious, and it's an easy
2: um, fix. <laughs> it, well, and also uh, uh, improv is taking it on on that front, but also they're they're just as much a casualty as far as like content on stage you know stuff that maybe played 10 years ago doesn't play now uh that sort of thing I think I think improv has uh hit its zenith and it's going to go away and then come back in a little while a little bit different uh, um, in the 90s like I mean I mean I, I commuted from here to New York 32 times to go through the curriculum at Upright Citizens Brigade so I took that bus up there, took a class, came back uh, uh, for all four levels of my time up there. But uh, it was it like had its heyday, like in the 90s and early 2000s, that's when it was cranking out everybody and Tina Fey and Rob Riggle and you know, Rob Caudry, all those daily show people. But uh, I think it just got too big for itself and then kind of caved in on itself. So it's like uh, um, when you had um, hair bands, it got too big. They went away, and then you got something a little bit more minimal, raw, grimy, and fun in grunge.
1: Grunge. So,
3: see my wall. He's
2: pointing at his wall. <laughs> <laughs> in my wall.
1: Well,
2: it happened too. This, like
3: that's Pearl Jam over there. It's a garden. Yeah. many. But with
2: glam rock in the early '70s, it got too big, and then that then you it went away, and you got punk. So I think improv maybe got a little bit too big, tried to be all things to all people, and then it'll come back in some smaller form. Uh, uh and hopefully grow up as a better version of what it did the first
3: time yeah, i think and to the music analogy i think it got a little corporate it became a business and a lot yes. of the complaints about ucb over the last few years were specifically about how like it seemed to be just pay us this money before we can let you do anything pay us this six hundred dollars here three hundred dollars there if you pay 300 and get to this you're gonna get to pay 300 more and people felt like they were just being kind of
2: it's Scientology. It's abuse. Yeah, it's Scientology. Well, it's not only that that you pay for the classes. It's because you all you do is pay that money to to get through the curriculum. Say it was say it's three hundred a class, which is more than that now. But so mm-hmm. you go through the curriculum. It's twelve hundred dollars. That's assuming you only need four classes, and then you get on a team, which is not the case. So add another six hundred to it. Then you get on a team. That means you have to pay a weekly fee for a coach, and then perform one night a week for free like you don't get paid while they're charging you know what i'm saying so you're right. paying money to get on stage and the whole the whole model is once you're on stage at ucb you have a better chance of getting booked and cast and other stuff
0: right um, like a very... so it's just a
2: carrot that you know maybe that worked back in 94 or 95 when there was 150 people doing improv but they're cycling through you know 20,000 people a year taking those classes and the entitlement that these kids have a, because their parents are paying for it. And they think, well, I did a class. I paid for this. I should get, this. I should be all, maybe, maybe you're not fucking funny also. So, uh, or maybe you're bad at improv. So that's just, the
3: question. I mean, the comics don't ask themselves that question either. That's the million dollar question <laughs> for so much of this is, and some people are that funny and there are obstacles. But for a lot of people, it's like it's an easy thing to just lean on that and say, well, uh, I, I'm great. I don't know why I'm not getting it. And so, Well, are you great? Like, you know, maybe you're just not that good. And maybe throwing money at it won't make you that good. Sounds
0: and like a pyramid to me.
3: Yeah, it, it is a bit <laughs> of that. I mean, and again, in music, that's been a thing, too, where the corporate interests come in and it's like, let's just let's just destroy this to churn out some money from it, Mm -hmm. turn it into dollar signs. And then the organic uh, way people would learn and grow goes away and it becomes this, you know, this thing where commerce is involved and everything needs to kind of get back organic from time to time. You know, the stand up as well. It's New York when I was there, when me and Randolph were there, it was very much focused on the clubs. You had to get in line and audition at the clubs and pass at the clubs and get spots at the clubs on weeknights and then eventually on weekends and at the same time the alt scene which is where aziz was on the stand-up side was saying fuck clubs we're gonna start bar shows and do our own thing and us club guys looked down on that
1: for me it was a close it was a close funky little racist world for me it It was was a closed world
3: but what they were doing i mean the thing is they it wasn't we didn't have to go get into their world they were they were creating a model which was do it yourself get attention for yourself somehow. And the internet was beginning to be a place you could get attention. Aziz was good about putting videos up on the internet. Um, And then the industry will come to your little bar. And, you know, Creek in the Cave was doing Montreal auditions a few years ago. Creek in the Cave was like a bar show spot. So the idea of the clubs controlling everything Kind of went away, and it was about hey, we can all do our bar shows, we can all but do like, our own thing, we can well, all like make I our said, own. Like I
1: said, even though that world was prospering, that little yeah. UCB. I never wanted to be a part of it because I didn't want to hear white boys up on stage hollering "nigger" out every other every other thing and talking shit about black comedians. Which but I'm get, saying my point is it's not about. Stage. I mean, I being I get part that. of a
3: world. It's about I saying oh, that. the the model is create your own world. Yeah, I get you know? that,
1: and it was fine, but they created, but they brought the racism into their world, right? So they created the world, but they created an exclusionary world. Now they would say they didn't, but but Maren called him out on it repeatedly. He would call people out early on on his show because he was part of that uh, peripherally. He I was in the early
3: point. alt. He days. never really
1: embraced it the way some of the other guys did, but they allowed wild shit. He's called Sarah Silverman out. They allowed wild shit to go on in their rooms racially because that to them was, we're pushing the boundaries. We're pushing the bonds. And it was always like, well, take this shit up to Harlem and go say it. If you really think it's funny, go (laughs) say it up there and then we'll see how funny it is.
3: But they were, that's the thing. Their world existed in there in the Lower East Side. do
1: that. It was in the
3: Lower East Side uh, exclusively. But I mean, that model of, Hey, let me start a podcast called the black guy who tips and do for my home. That's sort of the same thinking. Mm -hmm. It's like corporate interests aren't looking for us Mm -hmm. and let's do our own thing. And that's how punk rock started. Mm -hmm. That's how rap music, hip hop started. It was, we're going to do our own thing in our own world. And sometimes you can get attention to your world that way. Uh, The alt scene had problematic elements to it, but it got the industry's attention also. But you can also, the clubs kind of lost a little bit of their luster. Some people were big names in comedy and didn't pass at any clubs or barely pass and never even gave a shit about working at Stand Up New York. You know what I mean?
2: The, um, the UCB thing, going back to it, like you can just see it. Like They started like in, a, in like a former strip joint and then they moved to this grimy basement theater in Chelsea and then they wound up buying another nicer, cleaner thing so they had two spaces, one in in Chelsea, one of East Village. Then they bought this, they moved into this really nice place, left the Chelsea thing in Hell's Kitchen. So it became this like cleaner, more antiseptic, like less rock and roll version. And rock and roll is a blanket term that I think excuses a lot of the things Randolph was talking about. Like, oh, we're rock and roll or we're edgy or the other. Uh, um, But yeah, everything got too big. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to get broken down. And then when it comes back up, uh, ho- hopefully it'll be like a better version of what it was. So maybe it'll start small or a couple of small things will come up. But, uh, you know, even UCB, you could tell because Second City begat Improv Olympic, which begat the Annoyance Theater. Like it gets big and then somebody splits off. So UCB had split off and became Magnet Theater, which split off and became the Pitt Theater. Uh, um, just got too, I don't know. It's it. It wasn't cool anymore. You know, it's just not cool.
3: So. Yeah, and that's yeah. That, that's that's a big part of it. It's not hip. You know, the alt scene in New York was considered hip to like Rolling Stone magazine. You know, and granted, it was all white and it was all college kids, and you know, there was all these things. But for whatever reason, they were branded with hip. We're hip. It's the cool spot to be, and and they had heat from that, heat and. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about recently. I, I went back and revisited uh, EU's album "Live in Large," which came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Go Go for a little while got kind of hip outside of DC. I mean, that album uh, they had that Salt and Pepper song "Shaking Thing" was on that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, "Doing the Butt" was on that album. The there was, was a song
4: that,
1: uh, "Taste of You Love." Their slow song "Taste of You Love." That, that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that that they did that the clip is on YouTube. It's very low quality, but they were on Arsenio doing taste of your love. Um, they also had a song called shake it like a white girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the Taylor Swift dance them, I guess. But like, that was a moment where like this little local underground thing, corporate interests came in and did a little bit with it. It never quite broke all the way through. Like, you know, like there's all these movements that don't always break through, but that was a moment where it was like, Oh, okay. Just, Take what you do, do it yourself, do it on your own, do it on a small level. And then maybe if you're lucky, it'll reach more people. And if it doesn't, you've still got a home here, which is kind of what happened with with. with but Go-Go, I think anybody
2: you know? who starts a theater or starts producing shows or whatever, it's just like, um, I forget the, the superhero reference. Andy, you probably able to pull this. Either you die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
1: Yeah, it's Batman. Like, yeah,
2: that's Batman. Like that's, <laughs> that's the rule for comedy producers. It's like, oh man, this person's great. Look at the providing opportunities he's providing. Oh man, fuck that dude. I'm not getting any opportunities with him. You know? Right. So yeah.
4: It's- yeah. <laughs>
1: we've had we've had that. Yeah. <laughs> More than once.
2: Yeah, you know?
3: it's the next generation doesn't want to, you know, bow down to the the previous generation so they instead of just saying we'll do our own thing part of their their thought process is fuck that (laughs) and we're going to do our own thing so it's almost like a rebellion and a reaction i mean you know punk rock was a rebellion to these rock opera things and pink floyd making 20 minute songs and being virtuosos at their instruments and these punk rock guys were like i know three chords but i have passion
1: yeah i can barely play
3: yeah what (laughs) what is music can music I'm a be of something yes. else?
2: So that's the disconnect between yeah. like
3: and and rap like, music was like rap right. music was like. Do you even have to sing? What is music? Can it be something else? Maybe singing doesn't even have to be part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And you know, so people take these chances. We talked about Drew Michaels HBO special, which was, do we need an audience? <laughs> and turns out, I think, I think it didn't work. But the attempt, I think, it's in that same vein of. Let's try to redefine this in some way. And I think improv, like stereotypically, it's like uh, name a place, name an activity. All those games might be just old news for the next generation. And they're going to have their own games, their own ways of approaching it. It might involve multimedia. They were doing PowerPoints when I was in New York. It might involve TikTok now. You know, so um, it'll turn into something else. But yeah, there needs to be some, something new with passion that people mm-hmm. will say, I don't even care if the industry notices me. I have a passion for this, uh, just like the early rappers and early punk guys and go-go bands. And, you know, it's all music. It's always a music tie-in for me. But
2: It'll involve flannel or plaid at some point.
3: Yeah. Well, we can hope. <laughs> you know? <I>
1: love that. <laughs> One can only hope. I mean, I'm like I said, I, in these little things we've been talking about, there's a group trying to... Concerned with equity on the DC comedy scene, but like I say, is we have no idea what comedy is going to be when all this ends. Right. You know, we've only been we've only been here for a few months now, and it's already damn near destroyed. So yeah, we have no idea what it's going to be on the other side of it. My guess is everybody's going to try to go back to exactly how it was, but is that something we should do? I don't believe so. I believe we should go in another direction.
0: Somebody's got to address the wrong. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Dude, we're talking about we're talking about the business side of it. We're not talking about the comedy side of it. I don't give a fuck what that becomes. Mm. That'll be that'll be whatever it's going to be. You know, yeah. I'm talking about the business model of it moving forward. It's got to be something the, else. I think well, the money's
0: going to go up. You think the money's going to go up. Yeah, I mean, especially for the performers, because um, that the, there's some people. It depends on when we start back up too. I mean, there's some people that's doing live shows now. And um, you know, we're still in the in the, in the heat of this. It's like yeah. hey, I, I, instead of you, you know, like not to pull pull the curtain back, but say a twenty five dollars spot now is like, hey man, you know, I gotta go back to my wife and kids. I'm gonna need at least seventy five or <laughs> yeah.
3: I'll risk coronavirus, <laughs>
2: yeah, for sixty three dollars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, but then somebody'll go, you know what? I'll do it for ten, and that's gonna then you gotta yeah. bring. There's Ramin always, up, there's
1: up, always up, that person, the union for, for state
2: theater shows, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, well,
3: I mean, there's been attempts to unionize comics before. Um, New York had a coalition in the kind of early to mid two thousands. They did raise the money at clubs. They they accomplished some of their goals, not all of them. It's just hard because there always is that comic who's thirsty for stage yeah. time who will be like, I'll do it for free. And he's and not that he or she are, would be that good. There are headliners who say, I would do this for free because they want to romanticize comedy. It's like, don't fucking say that. You know? <laughs> You got to know your worth here. And I don't know if the money will go up because money across the board is going to be low because people aren't going to be spending it. But, you know, there's always the hope that it goes up. The money hasn't gone up for opening acts since the mid-80s. Yeah. Literally 30 plus years.
1: On a completely different topic, did you guys hear Stephen A's uh, thing with Will Kane?
3: (laughs) You mean Bomani Jones?
1: (laughs) Bomani Jones, excuse me.
3: (laughs) Yeah. With Will Kane?
2: I say
1: say Stephen A because it started on his show
3: oh really i didn't hear the Stephen a stuff
1: yeah well i didn't really listen to it because i don't give a shit one way or the other but he's he was on first take with with Stephen a max kellerman and molly yeah talking talking that shit and bomani heard him and was like oh i gotta talk to Hugh." <laughs> so he called his radio show and the producer was like yeah i'll push through <laughs> <laughs> you know so that's how that's how it came about
3: so will kane is a sports radio personality trash who 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 leans to the right? Uh, and, <laughs> <lean>. <laughs> and says uh, he leans far. I mean, he says all the the questionable shit that, like, uh, you would you would expect a guy like that to say. That was his last day on his ESPN radio show.
1: Yeah, because he's going to Fox.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they the lead up to that last day was all the noose Bubba Wallace noose stories, the twists and turns in that story was all leading up to that. So Will Kane was taking his sides on it. You know what sides he was taking. It's very predictable. Bomani Jones, um, I think maybe has been on Will Cain's show before. I mean, they were yeah, colleagues yeah. at ESPN. So he called in. It was a quick call. It was like 15 minutes, maybe less. 10. We'll call in segment. And uh, took, uh, took his arguments apart with, uh, with like just the Bomani Jones, a way of doing it, which he's very skilled. He's very, he has, it's a great way of like just cutting through shit with logic, you know, and not letting you change the subject.
2: <laughs> when you're in an argument, it's yeah. good to have the yeah. but, you know, a lot of people
3: have these, have these things where they move goalposts and they try to change the subject and they try to, try to corner you on some irrelevant point. And, um, he doesn't take any of that bait. Bomani Jones is very focused and very smart at like staying on point and took him apart. It was going, Will Kane's, Last day on his job, he's trended on Twitter. Yeah. Not get for that. Bodied.
0: You get bodied on your last day? <laughs> <dog>? <laughs> Play what, the Hulk music on your way out the door. <laughs> what, did, um, what did he say? Didn't he say something about the universe? Like It was very long-winded. Or as it was
1: about He was talking about tribalism. He was like, it's, this is about tribalism, not about tribalism? And Because uh, Bomani asked him, what do you think the problem is as far as race relations? What is the problem? Mm. And he gave this, he said, before we start this, what is it that you think is a problem as far as race relations in this country? And he gave this long screed about tribalism and people not seeing each other in a one-on-one thing and blah, 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 blah. And then Bamani goes, now take all of that to 1865. What is the problem then as far as race relations in this country? He said, yeah, it would be kind of sort of those same things, slavery as well as these other same things. He said, okay. Everything you said basically is wrong because the problem of race relations in this country is white people's <laughs> relation to black people. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, so that started the whole thing. You know, yeah. that was the beginning of it. You know,
2: that's a verbal tea bag to taint.
1: Yeah, <laughs> even as they went on, it's like Will King wouldn't wouldn't concede the. I'm like. You know, uh Stephen A. Smith often talks about how smart Will Kane is. I'm like, well, how smart is it if he can't if he can't see it himself to recognize a simple truth and then concede it? You just cannot.
3: Well Will Kane also, I mean, I we called him right wing before, but he's really more libertarian. Um
1: which is right wing. And
3: yeah, it's there's there's elements of, of right wing and sometimes further right, but he had a um a general thread which a lot of people have, even liberal people have, which is um just within yourself, do the best you can within yourself to treat everybody the same. Be a good person, basically, and the problem goes away. But that's that doesn't erase systems. So right. the whole thing about like, well, I'm a nice guy. Okay. That doesn't – you haven't pushed back against bigotry. You've just been neutral, which means all the people pushing for bigotry haven't had the resistance you could provide because you're on the sidelines saying, I'm a good person, and washing your hands of it. And he kept going back to that, the rugged individualism. As an individual, all you can do is be a good person as an individual. That's not all you can do. That's the begin, that's the floor.
1: Yeah. it's not that's the, the base. That's the base that you can do. That's yeah. <laughs> the base. That's the flatlands of what you can do. You ain't even come into the mountains yet. <laughs> right. You know?
2: I think I'm a pretty bright person, but one of the, I think the things I'm brightest about is I don't enter into exchanges or, or you know, arguments, I would say, if I'm not armed with facts, or if I know the person across from me, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll take it as an opportunity to learn from them rather than try to argue with them. I just looked up Bomani Jones, grew up in Houston. His mother's an economist, his dad's a political scientist, they're both professors. He graduated from Clark University with a degree in economics. Got a master's in politics, in economics, and business from Claremont. Got a master's in economics from the University of North Carolina. The lady stuttered towards his doctorate in economics, He's not an economist like he's, he's <laughs> no. did all that and then made his money and career in something else as a writer He's like, a
1: good talker <laughs> and he's really smart and he's a good talker. He said something to something to will that um, was like a good capper when he talked about um, why people get the benefit of the doubt always. You know, they always get the benefit of the doubt. It's just, there's always the benefit of the doubt. That and that, Will Kane, because Will Kane's like, I'm a truth teller. He's like, cause he said, yeah, but apparently you're the only one who knows the truth.
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you're the only one who knows the truth, apparently. No one else knows the truth, just you. You're the only one with the truth. <laughs>
2: well, surprising. Will went to Pepperdine and played on the water polo team. That's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> without, per- perpetuating a stereotype will just did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. His whole family, they're all really smart. His sister's a writer. His brother's like an economist also, I believe, you know, he's
3: uh, the black sheep. He went into sports radio.
4: <laughs> like really? <yeah. laughs> <How dare> you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's just the the thing of you're the, you're the one who has all the truth here. He's like, we got to talk, get down to the truth of these things. And you have all the truth. Also, what he wants to do is you want me to just ignore, um, the history of this country, the oh, history of this country. I just told somebody that just yesterday, uh, Dave Siegel, on one of his posts where he was saying that uh, he's, he's producing a show right now for um, one of the, one of the cable channels. I want to say maybe he's HLNN, HLN about, um, about um, Botham Jean's killer. And he's talking to the mother and he was like, it is reviewing everything because he's had to sit with everything. And he's like, and it's clear that this woman, she came in, she saw a black guy sitting on her couch, and immediately went to the gun. Uh, would she have gone if that if that had been a white guy sitting on her couch? Probably not. Right. I said, um, I said that's going to be everybody white. That's <laughs> going to be everybody white. That's going to be the first reaction because that's what you're taught. Pretty much everybody white, if not everybody, we'll say ninety nine point nine three. It's going to be the number that's not going to do going to leap to that is going to be negligible as opposed to the numbers that's going to whip out a gun and get to shoot because you're just conditioned to believe that. So he said, well, no, I don't, I don't know if it would be everybody. I said, well, okay, in order for you to say that, what you want me to believe, what you want me to do is just discount the history of this country. So you want me to discount the histories of what I know, and what I see. You just want me to put that aside mm-hmm. and say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. What's the problem? Because you're giving white people the benefit of the doubt that's what you're doing you're giving them they're, the they're benefit putting
3: themselves of in the shoes of the white guy and saying i'm a good person i would He
1: said that. that i don't think i would do it i'm saying you might
3: but put yourself in the shoes of your uncle that you don't like to talk about or put yourself in the shoes of that kid growing up in your neighborhood who said racist shit you don't or put those people in the shoes of the white guy in the story put it that way because they always just focus on the me, me, me. I, I wouldn't do it. So white people, you can't say all, not all, hashtag not all white people. Um, but that's not what it's about. If you're black, you can't walk around. If you, you have to be on guard that something might happen. So you can't walk around saying, well, probably not. Uh, it probably wouldn't happen with that guy. Like, why would you, that's not, you're not protecting yourself if that's the case.
1: Right. You're right.
3: exposing yourself.
1: They right. You want me to ignore the histories of this country? Marshall Warfield says it here. We cannot have a meaningful discussion about racism that starts with blaming black people for it. That's racist. Black people did not found this country and enslave white people. Black people did not found the KKK, install white codes, invent Jim Crow, create white minstrely, deny white rights, or systemically exclude white people from any wealth-building opportunity. So sooner or later, white people are going to have to admit that in all of this match- marching protesting etc is just another blip in the business as, as, as uh, natural as the usual natural order of things unless white people start to admit these things then all this marching and stuff is not going to do any good It doesn't matter that uh, we got some roles now on that doesn't change the systemic the systemic things of anything you know just a couple of roles here a couple of, no one seems to want to really talk about changing the police we're trying to do everything except that. You know, let's talk about something else. You have to change systemic things. You know, the, the same thing in the NFL. It's fine that Roger Goodell is out here talking. So unless the owners say something, it don't matter. And the owners have told you how they feel by not saying anything.
2: But and settling with cap.
0: But, right. but the Senate just passed, was trying to pass a bill for police reform that Tim Scott created. What do
1: you mean? Oh yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right not bad. <laughs>
0: You're right.
3: But, I mean, he they didn't,
0: but they Tim didn't address Scott, qualified immunity in that. Tim Scott wrote the bill. He's the black guy in the Republican side. What's the
2: problem, Damn. guys? <laughs> they went straight, in the chats, they went straight to his gums. Damn.
4: <laughs> 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 they <done> shit. <laughs> That's
1: how we do, man. (laughs) You and your big ass gum.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's a sorry dude, man. I mean, but. He
0: Scott, but Tim Scott said he's experiencing racism since he started writing the bill, guys. Can we just cut him just a little bit of slack?
1: Well, he'll just say that because he wants to say they're being racist against me, too. I'm like, are they, Tim?
3: I think he wants to he wants to be an authority on this topic so he can write the bill, you know, so he can say, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's the only black Republican senator. There's only two Democrat senators who are black. There's, There's three black senators currently. And.
1: You know, Is well, that the
3: most ever? at One time, it's, it's yeah, be I believe
1: it. so. And that's that's um, in the Senate. If you look across Congress, if you look across just the 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 DNC as a party party wide, it's not even a little bit comparable <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as far as makeup. It's not even close. If you just look across the look across the landscape of the DNC versus the GOP, yeah. it's not even close but you can what see we are talking have... about as far as the senate is voters that's a different thing.
3: that's what i'm saying like it, there's it, but the left has a tendency to think that our work is done right and and they're they're the ones that need to catch up it's like well our work is further but yeah i mean you know not, you can you can point to a lot of places where we were just talking about people liberal people not casting black people for their shows like that. If you're a voter, you're going to apply that to who you vote for. you're going to think, Oh, it's, I can relate to the guy, the white right. guy going to
1: vote for him." Right.
2: So well, S- a- say, Pete? Well, I, I was going to say the left is also a, like a circular firing squad too. Like you can be 99% in step with somebody who's also left leaning, but God help you. If that 1% is something that I saw somebody post the other day. Um, it was Soda uh, Sotomayor is better than Ruth Ginsburg. Get at me. And I was like, now we're picking fights like like this, like like yeah. with what's going on in Kentucky. Like a lot of people like <laughs> love Booker, and are down on McGrath. But like I don't know. I know that progress versus perfection is something that people say that keeps us from progressing. But can we agree that whoever wins that nomination in Kentucky, like that's yeah. you know what I'm saying you like, better
1: get your ass hard. in formation. That's why I look at it. <laughs> you can say whatever like, the fuck you want in the primary process. Whoever comes out of that, you better get your ass in formation. I know that right. much.
2: <laughs> right it just seems like it's 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 easy to be on the right sometimes because all you got to do is be a little bit ignorant and a little bit racist and you guys are all heading in the same direction right yeah. the left there's people think they're like so nuanced and like well there's this and then there's that and it's like all right people people who've never had to compromise anything in their life annoy the shit out of me right right like what if I what if I told you um, I can give teachers? Across the board, thirty thousand dollar a year raise, and I can predict, I can protect a, a, protect a woman's right to choose, but people are allowed to own assault rifles. Okay, like, and then people, some people, like throw their hands up and say, "No." I'm like, I would consider that, like, you know, like if you're gonna, you know, reform police and and put all that money into teachers, and you're going to protect a woman's right to choose, but you're going to allow people to own bigger guns, like maybe, like. I'm not going to immediately throw my hands up. I'm going to mm-hmm. talk that out. But people who've never had to compromise and they're just like, nope, I grew up with people and I know how to think and I'm always right. Uh, um,
3: and I'm going to write in Bernie Sanders.
2: Yeah. And that's where it ends.
4: Yes. That's
1: why folks, though, everybody <laughs> – No serious, every serious-minded black person you know understands pragmatism way more than anybody else in this country. We vote for people, we vote for the less racist. Who is the least (laughs) racist motherfucker out there right now? That's who I'm with. That's who I'm dealing with. Who's the one who's going to who's going to uh, institute policy that's going to positively impact me and my community. That's what I'm fucking with. (laughs) You know, that's, I got to fuck with that person. I can't fuck with the other person who's fucking. And I can't say, well, I'm not going to vote then. Fuck
0: that. I can't do that. That's, 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 that's a luxury that we, we don't, we, we don't can afford. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We don't have, that's white shit. That ain't for us. <laughs> I'm just going to sit this one out. I don't think that's a good answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, ain't no good answer, dumbass.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I see both candidates. You know what? I'm just going to go to wait till 20 2024. I don't, I'm good on that.
1: Yeah, Over. I'm going to wait till I'm wait, till, wait on uh, Tom Cotton for 2024. Are you stupid?
0: Trash.
1: Get the fuck out of here. That's what you're waiting on. You, better, hand, you better get the shit information and get, take care of it now. Lay Be the confident. groundwork for 2024. You know? Yeah. I've been going back and forth with this dude on uh, Facebook. I guess he's from around here. I don't know. I think, Pete, sometimes you fuck with him, too. <laughs> I don't want to say the dude's name, but I do see your name pop up on his thing. and it, He seems to be hell-bent on having anybody but somebody black be Bernie Sanders' running mate. You mean Biden's <laughs> running No, I'm sorry, Biden's running mate. And he's a liberal dude, and he seems to be hell-bent on that. Do you know who I'm talking about?
2: No, but I'm... Go look at your. Friend. I've
1: seen you. I've seen you. I've seen you comment on it. You know, it's a comic. I don't know. I, I don't. I okay. don't know. Charity. Charity and I had to get at him once. And
0: <laughs> I think I may. I may. I think you I know. may know who he is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and
0: uh, look, I don't I care g- who. As long as he don't I keep
1: know. asking him. Now I'm like, okay, well, who? Who is it then? What? Explain to me why. I think one of his posts was about Joy Reid.
2: Oh, (laughs) starts looking for Joy Reid (laughs) posts. His post or you you posted and he commented on it. Pete. Yeah. Oh, hold up! You know what? I
1: think I can private.
2: Can I private message you? Yeah, private (laughs) message you. There.
3: Go in the chat.
0: Yeah, start a chat. Start a chat. Would be in it too, so I can look too. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna
3: have a side chat.
1: Who do I, how do I get him in there? How do I get the person in here? I, on I the a,
0: lower right, where is this I, to I, everyone? I found him. I found him. You know him. I'm him. what I'm talking Down. about? Yeah, I looked at the name long enough to, to type it in. Okay. Yeah, he looks like trash.
2: <laughs> Hold on, message it to me.
0: Well, um, it's
3: it's um, anyone who's got the YouTube stream up can just pause it. I don't know that guy. <laughs> I, I don't, that doesn't ring a bell, that person's name. I'm going to look him up on Facebook at the moment right now.
0: And yeah, he has a post about...
2: Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. All right. He, uh, you know, uh, you know, an you know guy. what I'm talking about. He's 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 uh um um what's the what's the, the term um he's problematic. I don't want to blow him up here like on, on YouTube. He's he's uh, um he's got some issues. Okay. Uh, he um, seems
1: fine. He seems fun. I just, I ask him. Uh, he's overall I very gotta, much on the left.
2: Check him once in a while, I, you, I'm not connected to him on social media anymore. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't handle it.
1: Really? You got out.
2: Yes. <laughs> he pulled uh, it. He, There's a friend request pending in my box from him for a long time. Um, um, because I couldn't, I couldn't anymore. Yeah. 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 He, uh, um, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, i see one article where it says that he posted on thursday uh opinion from the washington post it doesn't matter which woman joe biden picks as his running mate
1: no it matters okay it matters very much it
4: matters <laughs> who does
1: it not it, matter it, to it,
2: that 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 will um um it 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 has impulse control um so sometimes like and I, i've talked to like educators that i work with i'm like you know because they deal with students who have this same thing and they're like you just have to be like direct. You don't have to be rude or mean. Like, if I'll be talking to somebody, he'll come up and just like side up, violate personal space, offer, and just start talking. you have to be like, hey, we're talking. I'll be with you in a minute. And it'd be like, S- sorry, sorry, sorry. And like, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a condition that he has that I don't want to like, share. You
3: get that a lot that, in the comedy world. You get people who are a little bit awkward socially and you know, yeah. so they'll walk up. and Yeah.
1: I mean, talking. I don't, I don't attack him or anything like that. I've just started asking questions and he, he usually, he can't handle the questions generally. What's <laughs> the questions? What's the questions start.
0: You, you ask, you ask tough questions. Don't. Don't add a questions. Ain't, ain't tough. Uh, are, just, <laughs> those
1: I'm, those I'm those just those asking things. questions. Like, well, did you think this through before you thought about it?
0: Those tough questions.
1: You know, <laughs> so you want Amy Klobuchar to, uh, to be the what does she bring to the ticket really <laughs> tell me what she brings to the ticket
2: minnesota no she doesn't
1: well no <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> <You know? laughs> the midwest give a fuck about the mid? i thought that's what joe biden was there for
0: right yeah he's um yeah i, I i'm i'm an a believer that it has to be a a black woman i don't I, there's no room for compromise on that uh um, not for me I think um one of them uh, Val Demings. I think she said that she she bowed feel out.
2: Feel
0: yeah, Val Demings um, bowed out. What if it's, uh, it's going to be
2: Kamala or or uh, um it won't be Muriel?
0: Yeah, my my uncle wants Susan nah. Rice for some odd reason, and I'm like uh probably because
1: she's because she's a tough girl, but I don't. And I mean tough girl in the best of ways, but I I don't I don't see it.
4: Yeah.
3: How about if it's just like a. Like a woman of color, like uh, Tulsi nah, Gabbard. It's
1: not the same, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard is I keep is telling the people that. God. They're like, Pearson of color. I'm like, it ain't the same, man. <laughs> yeah, what
4: about Tammy
3: Duckworth? Tammy Duckworth. <laughs> ain't the
1: same. Not, not this cycle. Maybe another cycle. Not this cycle.
3: <laughs> people were calling Tulsi Gabbard a woman of color toward the end of her run just to kind of give her some bona fides, you know? It's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> she's a white girl. She grew up as a white girl.
1: You know? Right, right. Doesn't Let's not act inside. like she's not. White girl with a good, good Hawaii tan tan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Hawaii. Is, Hawaii. You know, she says Hawaii.
3: Yeah. Hawaii And she likes
1: to Hawaii. say, yeah, likes to say no, that's it's, good. it's, it's important that it be a black woman. That's let's not act like it's not. So go get one. You got plenty
2: of them. You, go get who one. Who do you think? And who do you want?
1: I wanted Elizabeth Warren to be the to be the nominee. That's what I wanted.
2: <laughs> okay, of color. So, so that's for how. The for the Veep, who do you think and who do you want? Because I don't oh, think I don't think Joe finishes his term.
1: I would have. I, well, listen. Anybody he picks, that's the next candidate for president. You see what I'm saying? Right. So <laughs> we're going young, which rules Elizabeth Warren out for vice president, as far as I'm concerned. And we're going black. Okay, I don't want Val Deming. She was a cop her whole career, so I don't want her. Um, I want her to have some sort of position in government because people can stay on her ass about it, but I don't want her. I, um, I wanted Stacey Abrams for the longest time because her pet project is voter suppression.
2: Because she's a victim of voter suppression.
1: <laughs> right, and she's been working this her whole career. That's vice presidents don't really do a lot, so they can focus on one thing, and she can fucking nail down on that. You know what I mean? So I would like
3: that.
1: Kamala Harris looking like it's going to be Kamala though. (laughs)
0: That's what I'm talking about.
1: I wanted Kamala to be Attorney General. (laughs) That's what I wanted. But talking about, I mean,
0: I think he's going to pull a fast. I think she'll
1: make an effective president. I think she'll make an effective vice president too. So.
0: I, I think he's going to pull a fast one. I don't think it's going to be Kamala because he, he's going to be, um, I think it's going to be Susan Rice. Cause my uncle said so. <laughs> Cause your I uncle mean, said, listen, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't object to Susan Rice. Yeah, we
3: got it. We got to ask a question though. What other predictions has your uncle made?
0: Well, no, he was, well, well, he was, um, well, my uncle's a little weird. I, I, I said, it not weird? Like in a weird way, but just like, we, we he getting, called we, Villanova we, over Georgetown in '85. Oh we
2: well, there. Yeah, there you go. But, but
0: no, <laughs> we, were just, we, just talk, we were just talking politics, and he was, in it, and he was just like, "We, don't, we ain't got time for no." G-. First of all, he didn't want a woman vice president. He was like, "We need to just didn't have to play no games. We need to get somebody in there that's going to help win, and we don't need to take no risk. So he was like, "We don't need no woman." But if he's going to pick a woman, and I was like Kamala Harris, he was like, "Nope, Susan Rice," and I was like.
1: She <laughs> right. has a long government background. In the chat room, they're saying, uh, uh, "Is that Randy?" Is that what it is? Rodney. Rodney was saying, uh, "Vice presidents can lose an election for for President Sarah Palin." No, they cannot. Sarah <laughs> Palin was not; she had no effect one way or the other. John McCain was not going to beat Barack Obama, and it didn't matter who you stood next to him. It was not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> it just wasn't. Just like yeah. Mitt Romney was not going to beat Barack Obama. It wasn't gonna happen. It's it's just not no. it, the juxtaposition was too great between them.
0: Yeah. You know? And on top of that, um Sarah Payne was more of a gimmick to try to yeah. counteract the uh yeah. the Obama presidency.
3: She might not have hurt, but she did not help.
0: At all.
1: You know, <laughs> you know at all. <laughs> what she what she showed us was that you need to put some sort of forethought into the vice president becoming president. You definitely have to think about that. Like right. this person definitely needs to be able to be president either if I go down or after me.
3: Yeah. And you know, he was that. old and they were like, Oh, a heart beat away. Oh yeah. When she you said
0: know? that, when she said that, everybody was like, Oh shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Okay. For real. laughs>
1: oh shit. Yeah. Vice President, you know, it's been, it's been, um, it's been studied. They don't, they neither add nor really detract. Even like Tim Kaine with Hillary Clinton. uh, She fucked up listening to her people not picking a person of color, but it didn't, it wouldn't have mattered in the end. First of all, she won the popular vote. We forget that. But but what uh, about
3: all the talk about like, well, Klobuchar won't bring you the South and you want someone to bring you the South. I mean, they do. I
1: I don't believe that again no Democrat has won the white vote since a percentage of the white votes since 1964. It doesn't matter. When you're talking about the South, you're talking about white people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. And you've allowed black people to be gerrymandered out of their voting and have all this voter suppression put on them. If you hadn't had that, we'd have been fine, you know?
4: Uh, the reason why the, barack
1: obama won twice has nothing at all to do with white americans it has to do with the coalition of people of color that he built around the the small percentage of white people who vote for democrats And
3: the youtube chat by the, was, the way um yeah. we have a comment from shy city love is this the same uncle that mike b had a story about where he got caught up with mike's aunt
0: same one <laughs> no no this is this is another one this oh, is it's another mom. one okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make sure no, nah, nah, I have five or six uncles. You, I, I'm counting. But uh um, no, not that one. No, we just checking one. the credibility. Of uncle. uncle I don't uncle.
1: think I don't think that's it would have made it. a difference if Clinton had picked Biden. Um, because there's too many other factors. You have Russia, racism, uh, and and Trump was running against Barack Obama, and he was running a Trump was running against the idea of of uh, of Equity coming into the systems of government. That's what equity coming into this country. That's what Trump was running against. <laughs> you know, equity.
2: He also won by like a hundred thousand votes, split over three states, and he had a whole foreign government working on his behalf.
1: <laughs> and in each and in each of those states there was serious voter suppressionary tactics happening. Just just weirdly, those three states,
0: you know. Don't, don't and like I said, that. he was running, know.
1: he was running against equity and and Elevating white people into their spot, back up into the top spot, which they thought they lost for eight years. You know, and they would have and they would have lost further had Hillary Clinton won, which she did at one Electoral College, you know. That got these people out of their fucking little shacks, you know, and got them in line, you know. And where they vote, they don't have any voter suppression, do now do they? Isn't that weird?
3: Yeah. No, everything's fine. You just walk in, and vote. What's the problem? Just walk
1: in, and vote, you walk back
0: out.
2: Just a five minute. It's fine. Where are you going? Where are you going? Eighty miles away to try to vote and stand in line and get locked out.
0: Right. That that Kentucky. That Kentucky election. It it was crazy to watch people bang on the doors and they shut the doors an hour early before the 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 election was even open. The polls were supposed to close.
2: They're not even trying to hide it. No,
1: (laughs) they don't have to. And it looks clear to me that. Uh, that brother would have won if like two more polling stations had been open. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it looks is like it to official? me. Like he would have run going oh He would have won going away.
2: Is it official yet or now?
1: I don't oh, think it's he official did just yet. Did I don't win? think they have made it official yet because they're still counting. They're still counting uh, absentee ballots coming in.
2: Wasn't that
3: woman? Didn't she call herself a Trump Democrat or some bullshit? Yes. Yeah. What is that? What is that? That's not a thing.
1: Yeah. Well. That's not a thing. I'll be able to work with him. Why? I don't want. I'm yeah. not voting for you for that.
0: And, right. I, and actually, he may not be in office to work with. So, what are you saying?
1: We want you
3: to <laughs> resist him, not work with <laughs> him. Um, we got a couple of emails. You guys want to get a couple of emails? Absolutely, here? go ahead, baby. Because we kind of skipped that last week. Um, Mark sent us an email. Greetings, fellas. Albert Pike. We talked about the Pike statue coming down in D.C. Albert Pike was one of the most famous Freemasons. The, okay. the, the salute was beyond the headquarters of the southern jurisdiction of the ancient accepted Scottish Rite. He headed that organization and rewrote the rituals. This is why the statue was there. Us Freemasons have been battling back and forth was the remo- whether the removal was good. Here's the statement from the organization. And he sent us the Freemason letter. <laughs> I've never known a real Freemason before. I thought they were just some conspiratorial thing you find in like dan brown books or something <laughs> I
2: saw them on the, uh i just live right next to the mason's memorial to george washington in alexandria was a tall building and i they, they are like one of those shrouded i don't know what they are i see they mm-hmm. show up in national treasure movies with nick cage once in a while but yeah i know
1: life. black i know black masons my brother yeah, okay
0: well here's the
3: official statement from the uh the group on, on june 19th 2020 a statue of past grand commander albert pike was toppled from his pedestal in DC the statue celebrated Pike's humanitarian success and his leadership of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry the statue was gifted to the people of the United States in 1901 even though the Scottish Rite no longer had any ownership rights to the sculpture the Supreme Council had reportedly repeatedly voiced its strong support for any governmental decision to remove the statue because we recognize that its existence could be of concern among some citizens We can never condone unlawful acts and otherwise the foundation of our society would crumble. However, the statue has belonged to the people since we gave it to them more than 100 years ago. Our prayer is that the removal of the statue can be at least a small step toward healing our nation's wounds. As Scottish Rite Masons, we prefer to step forward with our fellow citizens consistent with the Scottish Rite creed, Human progress is our cause, liberty of thought, our supreme wish, freedom of conscience, our mission, and the guarantee of equal rights to all people everywhere, our ultimate goal. So they were down with the statue coming down. Um, (laughs) Okay. I don't know where they are on their mission of uh, guaranteeing equal rights to all people or uh, freedom of conscience (laughs) or liberty of thought, but they got the statue down. Um, I don't know what the Masons do. I don't know how they do, how they go about doing what they do. But it's a secret. It, I, maybe it is. Maybe you got to join. Maybe
1: I mean, if, you, if you can't tell me what your organization does in one sentence, then. <laughs> 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 so what is that y'all are doing now? Oh. Uh,
3: All right. So here's the deal. The there's House a Scottish.
1: It's just been announced. The House Committee has passed a resolution to remove the, the Mississippi State flag. To remove
0: the symbol.
3: Oh, the Confederate their little confederate flag embedded inside gonna it
1: gonna take that one down and design a new flag
0: yeah um the dude from kentucky um nat mcbeth what's the guy's name i can't think of, i'm i'm looking at the article booker mm. uh yeah i believe so yeah booker he's currently in the lead
1: he okay. is in the lead right now
0: yeah as it's tight a, though right yeah it's tight he's taking he's taking the lead
1: i'm telling you man it's that it's that thing they only had one place where black people could vote <laughs>
0: Yeah, was that's, like, that that was
1: talking. it. Literally, that's it. They only had in one place where black people could vote.
0: And they were banging on the door and they shut the doors um, an hour earlier.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna win or not. I know that motherfuckers better get their ass in formation. I know that.
0: And get behind him. And then, what's the other guy for um South Carolina? He looked, he looked like my friend Travis, uh who's running who, who's running against uh Lindsey
1: Graham. Oh, uh, oh, that's um look kind of doughy yeah very smooth very smooth skin yeah you know like if you touch it. Ah, you know damn. like if you touch him your fingers are like like going to and make like oh you know. like memory foam yeah, yeah he looks very like he looks very like like soft like <laughs>
2: yeah I, mean, I need to get you a thesaurus but then i'm like jamie, no that's what you meant to say jamie harrison,
0: What's jamie, harrison. jamie harrison
2: right right
0: yeah, yeah no he's, 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 I'm Jamie Harrison and I'm running against Lindsey Graham. <laughs> yeah, he's real pleasant sounding. Hi. <laughs> I'm a walking temperpedic mattress. <laughs> i
4: running he's
0: real against pleasant. Lindsey Graham. He's real pleasant sounding. I know your sleep number.
2: I, I'm Jamie <laughs> <Harrison>. <laughs> I am safe as shit.
0: I don't know
4: anything
1: about any either of these two dudes. I'm just like, oh, I'm voting for you. I'll vote <laughs> for you. If I could, I'd vote for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, Right, I celebrate you. You're talking that good shit. I know that
0: much. <laughs> it looks good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking good <laughs> shit. Uh, the Republicans just put up a dude, another guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> you know, another uh, one of, in one of them southern states. They put like this Republican dude in a wheelchair up, but the dude is like. There's a picture of him with like an assault rifle and like a and like a small I'm like, who's robbing you wheelchair guy? No one's <laughs> Well he <laughs> needs
3: protection though. I mean you
1: could coming after you. Come on, you can't, man. It's hard Second to defend Amendment,
3: yourself. Man. It's the
0: you know? Second so he's, Amendment.
1: he's on that same bullshit, you know. Do
3: they do they make tactical wheelchairs? That have like hey, places if they for do, your guns. He's got one. <laughs> I feel like there might be a there might be a market for that. You market know? for that. Yeah. <laughs> Wheelchairs yeah. are you know I don't know they're pretty expensive. You could probably get like a tactical one with like spaces for all your weapons. But I don't you know, know what
2: I clicked on in my feed, but I started oil having- slick waterproof tactical cargo shorts showing up in my Facebook <laughs> feed. Like, so, you got to tell is,
3: Facebook you're not interested several I mean, times before they stop. I'm the yeah. not
2: from Michigan. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, why? What did I, I bought some Ray-Bans. Is that how it got me to this? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, are
1: you I in thought, a militia? Uh, you got sunglasses. Are you, you want to be in a militia? The vote, the vote was 85 to 34 in the Mississippi's house to remove the state flag, to change the state flag.
3: Yeah, Rodney says wheelchair with a holster. Yeah, wheelchair with a holster. Um, Oil slick like on Spy Hunter.
1: Oh, obviously. That goes without saying.
3: Yeah, maybe something that shoots pepper spray out, like a cannon, like a super soaker for pepper spray.
2: Nitrous boost, like Fast and Furious.
3: (laughs) Nitrous boost. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, We got another email, by the way. We got this one from a different Mark. The last one was Mark. This is a different Mark. All Marks today. Uh. This one is titled, What is Up? Hi, everybody. I listened to your show last week. Is it odd that I kind of feel bad for white people? <laughs> kind of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why would you? Though? That's what I want to know is why would you?
3: You know, just there's, there's a few good people, good white people out there. Uh, He says, I mean, some of them mean well. (laughs) Everybody is talking about how white people are really paying attention for the first time that people can remember white people can look outside themselves and see someone else suffering. And it only took a worldwide pandemic, financial instability, and nothing on TV to distract them from the sight of one of their own carelessly ignoring the pleas of the black man inconveniently lodged under his knee for eight plus minutes. I mean, maybe he didn't notice since he was obviously looking for something in his pockets, uh what do you suppose he was thinking during those minutes to drown out that man's pleas for mercy he seemed to be detached like he seemed to not even give a fuck about the guy
2: saying yeah, "I can't that's how breathe.
1: you feel when you don't see the humanity in somebody Why i
2: think i said this i think i said this to you in the barbershop and this isn't casting blame anywhere than what it should but it's it's as much as his everything else is his ego like i think if he wasn't being filmed he would have got off him. But he saw a camera on him and he was like, I don't have to get off this man because you're filming me. I don't have to do that because you told me to. And because he, he was staring like dead eyed at the camera, like what? Yeah. Like, it, was, yeah. it is everything that we already know about him. Plus that next level of just like ego. It's like, yeah. yeah, you can't do anything about what I'm doing. You know, that sort of that, that fearlessness that why wouldn't he think that, you know, we've seen right. time and time and there will be no consequences for you. So uh, uh, but he just yeah, he just stared stare dead eyed, and all those other cops let him do it. So,
0: yeah, yeah. On top of that, it's um, I I, I, I keep harkening back to the um, people chanting, you know, when somebody should have did something. I'm like, what are they supposed to do? Run up on the cop and try to push them off. Next thing you know, now they're getting shot, trying to like, so you, it's a double edged sword, you know, all you could do is just film and hope for the best,
3: yeah. And that's the thing, there's no system in place. Where cops stop other cops, good yeah. cops stop bad cops, you or know. even
0: a civilian because a civilian, right. you know, you run up on a you run up on a cop, you know, doing something that you feel like is not right.
3: Then they they gang up on you. It's like when you see a couple arguing and you step in. Now they both yeah, fight you.
0: Now they're both fighting you. <laughs> you
3: yeah. So, and,
0: and, and you get hit with a resisting arrest or uh, and, uh what what, uh, what I forgot what kind of charge it is. if you put your hands on a cop or
3: something. But yeah, assaulting a police officer. Assaulting, yeah, police, assaulting police officer. Conduct. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's, it's a, you know, it's a lose-lose situation. All we, all we have is to arm us is, is video cameras and cell phones and stuff like that.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, Mark says, uh, but hey, whatever gets people's privilege shaken, I suppose, but it's like the cliche person who messed up in their relationship, but doesn't realize that this la- latest era is just the latest of years of blatant fuck-ups, what to do? How do they make their partner happy again? Ah, take out the garbage without being asked. That'll do it. No? What do you mean you should have been doing that anyway? So 400 years of that. There's a lot of stuff to think about. It will take more than nine minutes to write it all. But yes, let's consider getting rid of Aunt Jemima. It's only been, oh, 130 years, you say. Time really flies. Maybe we should go ahead and consider removing Mrs. Butterworth, too, just in case. <laughs> just those two, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone mentioned Uncle Ben, right? I mean, I don't know that they have a a racially tinged... Slogan with him. Listen, anywhere
1: you see black people on something, it's racist okay. <laughs> from that time period. It's racist. But, All
3: right. But I just but. bought a bottle of Stubbs barbecue sauce. Now look, <laughs> it's S it's T U B B apostrophe S. It's tasty. I think under the lid, I'll look, I think they have a little slogan from Stubbs himself. Wasn't he a real guy? Isn't that the story of Stubbs barbecue
0: sauce? Should I? I don't know. All right. But according, but according to a Trump rally recently, uh, Ain't your mama, Nancy Green, represented freedom. <laughs> she represented freedom. The American girl, dream. That the little American, girl really went in, didn't she? He put her foot in that. <laughs> they, they're going to cancel Ain't Your Mama Sarah? <laughs> <It was terrible. laughs>
3: she was the American dream, a former slave. That's not a dream.
0: Then I, I don't know if this picture is real or not, but uh, somebody had the picture of Nancy Green holding a stack of pancakes, and then they circled the chain on the table, <laughs> underneath the table. Yeah. yeah. I was like, man.
3: I just Googled Stubbs, by the way. <laughs> uh, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Okay. Christopher B. Stubbs, Stubblefield, uh, born oh, 1931, to- died 1995, was an American barbecue tour, and most patrons know him for his barbecue sauces, rubs, and marinades distributed by Stubbs Legendary Kitchen, Inc. So I guess it was his own deal, his own recipe, and all that um so I, I feel good about Stubbs. i'm going to st- remain a customer of Stubbs. black man on a product not problematic
0: there you go <laughs> they want the, um, somebody in the chat um Missy. me see uh somebody said they come they're coming for the cream of wheat man <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah i mean I, we got to google the stories
0: behind these yeah, these oh, yeah get them all man yeah But who are they going to replace them with? Because they all represent the American dream. I don't understand. (laughs) That's true. They they do. (laughs) Um,
3: Back to the email. Mark says, but also, does one dare say those three little words, the ones they want to hear so badly? I mean, of course, they matter and all, but it's kind of weird to just say it now. What if the fellas hear me say it? I'll never hear the end of it. Also, shouldn't they just know this by now? But really, don't all lives? Oh, shit. I just got side eye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a weird inner turmoil among white people to say Black Lives Matter. I don't know why there's an inner turmoil.
1: Well, what's going on in my neighborhood right now is over by, and you remember the overpass? Yeah. They keep putting different Black Lives Matter things in the the, uh, fencing so you can see it as you're driving on 395. Uh, Somebody took down the first one that they put up. (laughs) So they put another one up. Right. Somebody took it down. And they put another one up, and they saw the guy taking it down. And like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, this is this is uh this is a uh, uh, graffiti, or oh, you know. it's Jesus like, no, Christ. it's not. He took it down. They do they do all kinds of
3: signs on that bridge.
1: So they brought another one. So they put another one in today. They they the way they did it, it's harder to take it down, right? Yeah. So a guy comes along and he underneath it he writes Trump twenty twenty.
0: And that's graffiti because you can't take that off.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know there was a guy who did that in one some town i think st louis or somewhere he did a put up a black lives matter thing and he put a security camera above it like a like a wi-fi security camera or something and he caught people defacing it and at least one of them was a cop who came along off duty and like slashed it with a knife you know because he i guess felt threatened by the sign uh you know that Jeez. overpass people people do a lot of political like in fact the day Pete Buttigieg uh, stepped down, he ended his campaign. We were recording the podcast at your place, and when I left, I went that way to go hit that Seven Eleven mm-hmm. before three ninety five. And I went across, and there were people with Buttigieg signs. And like literally, like twenty minutes later, I hear the story. <laughs> like they must have been still there. Right. Uh, Pete Buttigieg steps down. They had to do the their own Charlie Brown walk back to the <laughs> car. Like, oh man. But yeah <laughs> people do that all, on that bridge all the time they put up signs all the time. put up signs you know, put up like little little things and then they go down after about a week uh yeah mark says this is a, a kind of a long email he says enough of that i have a coworker worker called to ask thing if things were okay he actually asked about the city i live in atlanta but i knew what he meant i gave him an it's all right to move him along and just that quickly he comes in with few bad apples metaphor uh, can't they come up with something else how many npr shows before they know the bad apple gambit doesn't cut it some people can't get off autopilot fast enough they need more reps uh, like in your show last week i liked when chris brought up whitney cummings and how she pulled the ta-nehisi Coates reference for her special black guest but goes into ignorance autopilot when talking about cat williams to another white guest is telling that many podcasters get caught flat-footed when trying to talk about touchy social issues i don't think they legitimately read this, these books but they never talk about black people until one shows up or until something happens that is so major, it can't be ignored no matter how hard they try. Sure. Every once in a while, someone like Mike Kaplan will show up and actually steer a conversation toward these topics, which you just know the host was not ready for. Um, I got to check that one out a couple of weeks ago. Dan Lebetard had Jane Elliott, which you mentioned last week on mm-hmm. as a guest to say he was not ready for her is an understatement. <laughs> Dan is hardly shy about these discussions, but he was, he was way out of his league. I didn't know she was on either. Uh, he knew too mu- he knew it too, which makes it even funnier. Uh, that's enough. Great show as always. Andy, thank you for identifying the picture on your wall. I looked it up. I totally see it now. Randolph, hope you and your in laws are in a good place. I don't know if I would have had the nerve to call you. That call could go any which way, but it sounded all good. Thanks again.
1: No, we're for fine we're fine they're they're still doing their, they're doing their study and they had their little book club yesterday <laughs> <laughs> They're getting together and they're, they're reading their books yeah you know um it just it has to be done but don't do it for me you do it for yourself you know think about it like this if you're a married man and um, or you're in a long-term relationship and and you decide you're doing air quotes act right <laughs> you know what I mean you don't do it for you you don't do it for your your woman, you're doing it for you. Right. <laughs> you understand? She's just getting she's just getting the, the the benefits of it. But you're really doing it for yourself. You see what I'm saying? So if you're white, don't do this shit for us. <laughs> do the shit for you. Y'all the ones right. are fucked up. Do it for you to, to be better. Just Not to be all of us
3: fucked up. Well, so <laughs> it's such a reflex. It's such yeah. a reflex that, that they gotta get over that hump. Not uh, me. Just get over that hump. And everything gets better after that. But stop. How do you with spell Lebatard? L E B A T A R D. T L E B A T A R D. Sounds like a an insult that conservatives would call liberals.
0: It does. You libtard. Libtard. Better own the libs, yo. I own the left.
3: Uh, speaking of books, by the way, one more email. Um, just a quick question from a not a fucking freeloader. <laughs> Aisha <laughs> sends us an email. Um, hey, 3GO and Socks. This quick email is for Uncle Randolph. Uncle Randy. Can you please provide me with your woke as fuck reading list? I'm really interested in knowing what you read after Ferguson. Also, I'm not at the beginner level, so whatever you suggest will be fine. I am about to read Algorithm of Oppression. Just to give you a little insight into where I am in my journey, I became woke at a young age, but it's been a longer journey for me because I was just trying to survive. You can email me with your recommendations list or make a public reading list on Amazon. Thanks.
1: Um, yeah, And he, uh, uh, text me that name. And, yeah, uh, I'll forward email, you the email right now. An email address, and I'll, and I'll take care of that. I'll say this publicly I started with The Fire Next Time, uh, James Baldwin. That was the first thing I really committed to reading along those lines. And then I quickly went to uh, Coates, um, Between the World and Me. And then, you know what else I did that I do a lot is I listened to a lot of uh, podcasts of people, not even podcasts whether it be a podcast or it be on uh, YouTube, I listen to a lot of lectures by people. I do that a lot too. And then the next book I read, and then I I have (laughs) quite a few to, uh, to kind of like the color of law, which is about redlining. That's the one that really did it for me. The color of law about, about redlining. That one really told me what Ferguson was about. The color of law. So if you want to know about that, I'll suggest that book the color of law. And I, again, I heard the author of that on a podcast with Ta-Nehisi Coates talking about the book and I went and got the book and I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know, that's about redlining and how basically black people were locked out of home ownership, locked out, locked out of wealth, the color of law, excuse me, locked out of, uh, home ownership, locked out of, um, the creation of wealth, which is why we're in the position we're in today. You know, This is why I posted a thing today about um, people oftentimes go on and on about how black people spend a trillion dollars a year. Mm -hmm. And if we would just take that trillion dollars and invest it in someplace else, that that would help the community. No, it wouldn't because that's not wealth. That's spending power. That trillion dollars is spending. That's not wealth. Wealth is your accumulation of how many assets you have that are more than the amount of bills you have to pay. You know, what you're talking about is the spending of money. Would that money, where are you going to put the money? Where where are you going to put it into? That's going to uplift the community to what, to what end it's not going to say. It's not going to end the systemic problems that were applied to the community. You see what I'm saying? It's just an expenditure of money. It's just an expenditure of money. I don't fuck with people about what they buy, what they don't buy. It's just an expenditure of money. You know, I would tell you to save more. <laughs> I would <laughs> tell you that. Maybe not buy so many goddamn wrestling belts. I would say something like that. Shots be- fired.
0: <laughs> I don't understand why that had to happen. I don't
1: know. Maybe why. something like that, but I wouldn't say that if just somehow, if we as black people just did this, then no, it's not gonna it doesn't work like the that.
3: The thing is if this was a real wrestling event, you would have just heard Mike B's music play. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's here, he's in the arena. He come out. i do not understanding why that had to happen. I was, just, I was you know, <laughs> down the books, col- the color of law. Uh, the James Baldwin book. I was, I was writing them all down.
1: Yeah. I'll I'm, I'm, I'm put the list. together. Uh, Rodney to said, me. how
3: to be an anti-racist book.
1: Yeah, uh, that's actually, I would, I would get um the book before that about, I can't remember the name of the goddamn book. Ibram Kendi's first book. How to be an anti rate That book, that first book, what the fuck is the name of that book? I was reading it all the time. I was having it upstairs.
3: Stamp from the beginning.
1: Stamp from the beginning. Thank you, Andy. That's, and listen, that's a thick-ass book, okay? It's, it's thick, but he writes in such a way that it's an easy read. It's a horrific read, but it's an, it's an easy read. He covers five people through history who, who were either a racist, uh, starting with Cotton Mather, who pretty much brought helped codify slavery in this country, and starting in Massachusetts. Right. Um, and he goes up to uh, Angela Davis, who he looks at as one of the better anti-racists that he's seen, you know.
3: So is uh, is the new Jim Crow on like the, the, that's a good the, one. the 101 class? Because I feel like that's a lot yes. of people's first book.
1: Yeah, like. a lot of people go to that. Um, yeah. I never really fucked with it. Not for any. I just, I, I know that thing. So it didn't really. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like this book, my wife is reading. I'm like, I know that. You right. know, I'm reading W. B. Du Bois right now. So uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's a tough read. He's a he's a tough writer. You have to go back and read passages over sometimes. I'm also reading um, Paul Robeson's autobiography. He was the original Colin Kaepernick. Right. Paul Robeson, way back, and he got blackballed by the. Uh, house on Americans committee for, for being a communist
4: I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and they took everything. He was a, he's the first person to say African-American. I think he said it on a talk show in London back in the fifties when he was living in London. I am an African-American.
2: He was great at everything.
1: He was, he was
2: <laughs> great at everything. Paul Robinson, Above,
1: above Olympic level athlete, football player, right uh amazing actor, singer, scholar. <laughs> you know, he was <laughs> it was crazy how good he was and stuff and he died broke because his country wanted him to be subjugated.
3: Right. And he wouldn't allow himself to be, basically.
1: No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. You know. Audio books. I don't really do audio books unless they're unless they're written by the person who read the read by the person who wrote them. That's just me. You know,
2: Paul Robins was, was the valedictorian of his college class and and in the and uh two time consensus all American football player at Rutgers. And that's probably the, the least he's done. Like he, yeah. he he went on from there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he went in a time when the racism was deep.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> deep. Yeah,
1: he did both of those at the same time. Valedictorian two time all American at Rutgers, <laughs> you know. And that was when – that was back when your own team wouldn't block for you if you were black.
2: Right. <laughs> six three two twenty. 220. He was yeah. – people were te- – white people were terrified of Paul Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> he, was a,
1: he was a giant of a man.
2: He he's told big, his father – He's better than me. He has a huge penis. <laughs> yeah. like, <he's> <laughs> I see him
1: in the shower. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His taint's probably amazing. Oh <laughs> Keep it away oh. from me. Be you know, here. he told his he told his father one time. His father was a a reverend, and he was he was big on self discipline as well as discipline for uh, school and stuff like that. And the principal of his high school told it kept messing with him and messing with him. This white principal of his high school in Jersey. He lived in Princeton. Kept messing with him and messing with him and messing with him. And his uh, he told his father. He said, listen. I'll accept basically a whipping from you because his father was like, if somebody you corporal punishment time, he said, I'll accept it from you. But if that man puts his hands on me, I will kill him. <laughs> and his father was like, okay, he'll never touch you again. And that's when he was in high school.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. One finger mush.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading his book right now and it's, it's amazing. It's, it's thin, it's a quick read. It's, it's not a, it's not a heavy read, Paul Robeson. Here's something else he was great at, chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> and I was taken to him by um, Howard Bryant, who mentioned him in his book about Colin Kaepernick, that Paul Robeson was the first, the first real athlete to really stand up against the system as a black man before right. Ali, before anybody. Passion. they brought jackie robinson in to take paul Robeson down at the house on american committee
3: and did jackie robinson uh do what they wanted
1: sorta sorta cuz it was about being a communist and stuff like that, but then Jackie made this hard right turn <laughs> <laughs> the, or hard left, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> he made this hard left turn kind of after the Paul Robeson stuff. He was like, let me just talk oh. to y'all since I got your wife, folks in to tell you about Joe. Let's <laughs> about Joe mic. ass.
0: Cut his mic. <laughs> you know? Well, I got y'all attention real quick. Hold on. <laughs> you
1: have to remember now, Jackie Robinson at the end of his life wrote that he, he wouldn't stand for the anthem. Right. Uh, he was at that point also. He's like, I'm not going to stand for the anthem because he'd been burned too many times by you know, white folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <He'd> been,
1: burned, <laughs> he'd been burned too many times.
0: I thought it was because he hated our troops. Yeah, that's too well, often. Is that, that too what too it happened. was? I thought he hated troops. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about nothing else. But You know, my, Jackie was a troop, right? You, okay. <laughs> no was he? I don't know. All I know is when I hear that anthem, you supposed to stand up hand over heart. Take off your hat. Take off your hat and you better... If,
1: yeah. He was a troop He was a uh Jackie Robinson another one. Four sport athlete in college. Army captain, a tank commander. Uh and then got into it down south with some guys who wanted to sit in the back of the bus. He was like, I'm not doing that.
4: Right. <laughs> yeah, well, if you captain. make me.
1: Yeah. And then and then he started playing baseball in the in the Negro Leagues and then he got pulled into the to the whole, you know, major leagues. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about Dobie Gills. Was his name, Dobie? Let me make sure the guy got the name right. It's either Gills or Gillis, let
2: me say. No, baseball runs from the fact that they, yeah. had, they had a black person in Major League Baseball in the late 1800s, but then they shut that down until Jackie Robinson came. As soon as the, the first person left, and I forget his name, which is a shame, but the, Jackie Robinson the wasn't the first.
3: Dobie Gillis was a TV show, wasn't
1: it? I know. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I probably didn't say that right. Give me a second. Like, yeah.
3: It was uh, like one of those 1950s sitcoms, like Leave it to Beaver style, right?
1: Larry Doby. No one Larry ever talks Doby. about him.
2: He's the first American League African American yeah, player. He's the, the
1: second black player to be brought in. You know what kind of shit he took and no one talks about him? (laughs) The exact same shit that Jackie took. (laughs) Larry Doby.
2: But here, this is the one I found. There's a guy named Moses Fleetwood Walker. Um, Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. He's the first major league baseball player. And he he played in like the late 1800s. But then the owners got in. They're like, nope, we're not going to have this. And then. They did away with having black players after him and maybe a couple other ones. And then they recreated history and said Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. I mean, it is the modern major league versus whatever, but... um,
3: And they resisted that anyway. You know, it's not like after the fact, they can say, look what we did. Like, you didn't want that. It's like when when Mitch McConnell says reparations was uh, electing our first black president or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you worked against electing him so were you working <laughs> right. against you that like that. your desire was to not
0: have have you know right, so right. so well, you his, his exact words were it's my goal for these next four years to make him a one-term president yes. right
1: he did say that, While that drinking coffee. But why people get to take credit for electing barack obama which they didn't do we
3: did it <laughs> <laughs> we did it high five all around high five
1: yeah Hey, before we wrap this up, I want to thank thank you two guys for sitting in with us. I appreciate y'all as always. Uh, Pete, you're about to become a regular here. No, the, I like it. It's fun. Get you, get you back in. Uh, we, we've been doing these Zoom casts. Um, chat room, people in, I want to thank you guys for sitting in with us. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Demetri, as always, I love that headshot. Jane, I'm glad that you made it through the Tulsa. You, you seem to come out of it rona-free, as far as we know. we're gonna We're going to go with that. Uh, a little brother changed his, his <laughs> little thirst trap. How many changed times now? Back? <laughs> <laughs> how many times now?
4: What no, is Don't even worry
1: about it. Y'all can go ahead and stick in. Y'all got, you know, cause we would have went longer with the, with the ladies, but they had some things they had to do. So they were only able to come in with each of us for an hour. So they have other commitments. Yeah. So that's why we kept y'all in with us. So.
4: We,
3: we didn't get to a lot of, a lot of the topics. We didn't get to the, uh, we barely talked about Bubba Wallace, um, it's a Maybe we'll do this video next week. We had the, the, did you see the people in Palm Beach talking about wearing masks? Like the weird, crazy conspiracy people.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, hard for me to,
1: it's hard for me to watch stuff like that.
3: You're going to get a citizen's arrest. Like what are you, yeah. like they're all QAnon people. Like they're fucking right. out of their minds.
1: Right. It's hard for me to watch stuff like that. I'm like what the fuck are we doing?
3: And then the fake poison milkshake story from uh the nypd which we
1: were actually i've written about that okay uh, i think no leon did leon took that one yeah. <laughs> yeah the the poison milkshake yeah the fake
3: the fake poison milkshake
1: that's uh, the way them motherfuckers do never, they're trying to kill us ain't nobody thinking about you never <laughs> trust that. a
3: big badge and a smile it's there poison
1: you go. <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right y'all tell them give them your social stuff so people can get at you all uh, actually this will be for Pete because everybody knows Mike go ahead Pete yeah, I'll go, I'll go.
2: Uh, I'm at Petey Bergen P-E-T-E-Y B-E-R-G-E-N on Instagram and Twitter and uh, just at Pete Bergen uh, on Facebook and you can go to Pete Bergen uh, PeteBergenComedy.com uh, there we go uh, quick
3: plug by the way we actually did the Mind of Dom podcast uh, on last week the first episode which was basically like three guys on Mm-hmm. uh <laughs> with with a different title because randolph and uh tim came in and mike b was in the chat and romaine was in the chat uh so that's out there if you want to listen to it it'll evolve into its own thing if it if it um continues I told Dominic if if there's a fifth episode we're gonna have like a celebration <laughs> <laughs> he's he's never gotten that far. I mean
4: three guys on us see
3: Three Guys On is closing in on a thousand episodes, like maybe right. later this year uh, or early next year. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little have a little cake at, at episode maybe four or five for Dominic. But um, I don't want it to be Three Guys On version two It's gonna be its own yeah, thing. No,
1: it needs to be his thing alone. So.
3: It's like when a sitcom has a spinoff, and the first episode is like all the old people come visit the guy in his new town. <laughs> you know, and they're like oh hey what's going on here and then maybe the first two maybe throughout the season a couple drop ins come in that's how the first episode was of the mind of Dom and um, it will he's going to do some interviews and stuff even without me and plug them in as he goes so uh, keep an eye out for that
1: and there we go alright y'all so y'all come on back we'll be here for you next week Try to line up some interviews for you guys. I'll be dropping them as I get them. Okay? Yeah. All right. So remember the order. We're going to rock this out. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. I might be. Pete be Bergen. Hey, we have three guys on. Plus two. So we have four. And We are out.